And red means red means go go only on this board. Go, go. to it never it's hard to hate on it yeah. you can say I, I don't prefer it at this time not in the mood right but, but you, you can't can, can you, can you can, ever can be you in the mood not be in the mood right I think it could that change your mood true. I think it, it could put you in the mood in the mood uh, yeah, yeah. Listen to it. especially on a day like this it's all gloomy outside and then you hear that you're like wait a minute you just push, you it's close sunshine the, yeah, you in close, here you close the shades turn the lights on like hey I'm at the beach Afro beats is definitely the wave right now it is it is I mean it's the wave it feels definitely it feels good soul, in your soul. Feel good, yeah. feel feel good, good music, soul, right? yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> Even though they can be talking about some crazy stuff. Yes, they can. I never know. I never yeah. know. I'm just. Uh, oh, it's, no, it's, listen. All about, it's all about the beat. <laughs> yeah, Every, everybody, listen. the beat and the, the person singing is all harmony. It's yeah, all one well, harmony. Listen I'm to trying, the words. I'm trying to. Right. It's supposed to be good for my soul, man. And y'all just told me that. Though, well, no, it's, it's still it's a good Like sometimes some of the songs that like some of the hip hop songs, you'd be like. You like you love that song, but then when you actually hear the lyrics, yeah. you like, right? Yikes! Yeah. Yes, yeah. I don't want to do that. I right? <laughs> got me. I don't want to go there. I don't, I'm good. Thanks. Oh. What up? What up? What up? <laughs> Welcome to Bruising Banter Podcast, where the topic is the rocket and the brew. Well, I be the fuel, and I'm your host Rob G. And with me, as always, the legendary brew crew. Legendary. What's going on, fellas? Brew crew. Hey. Hi. How you guys doing out there? We are here. <laughs> this is uh, episode one ninety one. Two. 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 Uh, is it, right. You know, yeah. I like yeah. One ninety two. Sometimes you're I don't right. even say anything because I never know. So you're right. You right. You the last time, right, right. One ninety two. Intro right and all that. Yeah, right. it's a one ninety two. A bruising banter podcast. So for our first time uh, listeners and viewers, welcome. Welcome. Where you been? But I'm glad you're here. <laughs> glad you made it. I'm glad you made it. <laughs> for our returning guests and listeners, uh, thanks for coming back. And, welcome uh, back, guys. Thank welcome, you. Thank you viewers, for and all always this hanging stuff. in thanks. with us. Yo, shout, shout out to the um to right our, our uh, listeners going up. What was it? Sixty eight percent. Sixty eight percent. Only on Spotify too. On, like on, just yeah. on Spotify. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the other status statuses are. But they went stats, up too. They went up. But I'm pretty sure they went up too. But YouTube yeah, went shout up. Out to, uh, iTunes went up. Uh, Alexa, she went up. <laughs> Amazon yeah. went Amazon Alexa that's the same yeah, that's yeah. Same, but yeah. they both went up Google went right. up like we went up everywhere yeah. so thank you guys nice. thank you that. guys thank you very much uh, we do have Love. a uh, special guest with we us do. today because we are on location at yes. the uh, beautiful Painted Stave in uh, Smyrna, Delaware local local yeah. uh, and so we do have Ryan Gomes uh, on the podcast welcome 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 Makes it feel like there's a lot of people around clapping for you with this. <laughs> that's what I wake up to every morning. <laughs> nice. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You nope. know what? That's a good idea. Yeah. Instead of a, instead of a other alarm, a, a round of applause. <laughs> you know what? That's like a good it. affirmation. Yes. Yeah. That's, what that's a good idea. Everybody that likes to be that. applauded yeah. for. Yeah. We should wrap the show right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get any better. <laughs> Like like I, the, 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 the stills will, will, will prove yeah, that, that was nice. Right. That yeah, was yeah. nice. Yeah, tell, tell us, uh, well, tell us, I guess, your official title of uh, here at Penn and Stave, and, and we'll go through. Well, uh, first of all, th- thank you for uh, coming. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you for your interest in, in reaching out to uh, sure. to visit today. So, Thanks for having us. Um, 
my official title. Uh, we don't have them here. Okay. Um, so my business card says uh, uh, modern, modern day alchemist. Okay. Mm. Um, so, and that draws on my scientific background. So I have a PhD in, in molecular physiology. Oh, wow. Oh, this, yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. smart, super smart Sheesh. guy here. <laughs> I don't have to be the scientist today. <laughs> no science questions come this way, guys. Go over there. Sheesh. Well, I left a good paying job to do this yeah. where I don't take a check. So I don't mm. know how smart I am. I mean, this, this, the PhD says different. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, so, what do you want to know? <laughs> well, everything. Well, well I everything. guess. Yeah, I guess. Since you don't have an official title, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know it all. First of all, first, modern day alchemist is very nerdy and awesome. Like, right. I, I, lo- I love right. that title. It, it definitely is. What it is that? What do you actually do day to day? We can start with that. Yeah. So presently, um, I run the business side. Okay. So. Um, I do make some products. I do a little bit of distillation, but my business partner Mike. Uh, heads up production. I run the rest of the business. That's what I do day to day. I mean, I'm sweeping floors, mopping mm-hmm. floors, um, doing the accounting, um, hunting for money, mm. uh, deciding what to buy, what not to buy, hiring. Uh, we haven't had anybody to fire, so I don't do any firing. But that's good. Um, <clears throat> just business stuff, mm-hmm. constantly trying to trying to move the ball, trying to position us to. Uh, to be more successful than right. we are. Right. I guess I was, should have started, actually. What is Painted Stave? Yeah. I guess I should have started <laughs> yeah. there. That, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> I thought my question was fine. but so, yeah. <laughs> It was, but that's a good question. Yeah, absolutely. So Painted Stave is Delaware's first small batch distillery. Uh-huh. Is that me? No. No. Yeah. No. So. Um, <laughs> it's you. It's you. No, it's just a mic. It's all right. It's fine. Nah, it's good. It's good. Should we quiet? <laughs> I, think I, still, I think hold it higher, maybe. It's the court. Yeah. Court. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. But just tell me, guys. I mean, we. <laughs> yeah. He was talking, then, but yeah. Well, I mean, you know. know okay, it's cool. Yeah, it's the stuff. Keep going. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So we're we're Delaware's first small batch distillery. So okay. uh, we are a grain to bottle distillery, which means that we take local raw materials, uh, we mash, we ferment, we distill. Uh, some of that's barrel rested, and then um, you know, ultimately, after the requisite amount of time, we we bottle. So um, that's kind of what we set out to do, mm-hmm. Mike and I, back in 2011. Um, but what we do today, uh, we do a little bit more of that. We make products for other for other distilleries, mm, okay. uh, so whiskeys and vodkas and things like that. So so we call that contract distilling. So we do a little bit of that. Um, but the flagship here, we, we're about 62 or so hundred square feet is our footprint here in the old Smyrna Theater. And um, we do cocktail classes. We offer food pairings. We, um, we, yesterday we did a cookie and cocktail pairing. So we, okay. we partnered with Sparked in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. So a little Dang, where was I at for that? Yeah. <laughs> I love cookies and cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> So we are we are a place where we're trying to craft uh, not only uh, premium quality spirits but um, offer a very unique experience right. to uh, the customers that come here. So we do a pretty broad suite of things. Okay. So we make everything from Delaware's first bourbon in history. Um, wow. We make a scrapple vodka. That's an oddity. Keep going. Let's stop right there. Wait yeah, for stop. A, second. Yeah. a scrapple vodka. 
Scrap of vodka. What is that? It sounds delicious. Does so, it though? Yes. <laughs> I love Scrapple. I don't care what well, the iteration. What makes sense though? Because Scrapple's big in Delaware. Delaware, so, yeah. So that is breakfast in a bottle. Uh, Think about it. <laughs> See, they don't like Scrapple, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't eat pork, but they have like, turkey Scrapple. Yeah, they do. But I mean, I've had Scrapple before. So I've I, had it before it too. It was good when I tasted it. So, but man. I'm just thinking, like, what does does that give a flavor of Scrapple in a vodka? So, so that's that's, and I would love to talk about this more. So, flavor is what we're all about, right? Flavor is okay. what beer is all about, all right. and flavor is going to trigger experiences, right? right? That, so, that's absolutely so, right. So, flavor lives in your brain, right? Yes. Okay. So, knowing that um, you know Delaware Scrapple is a unique thing, um, Mike and I set out to to craft something that was truly representative of of our region. Yes. Um, so Scrapple, as you know it, the meat product, the, the breakfast meat, doesn't exist in that bottle. But all the, the, the association of flavor, the, mm. the triggers of memory, are definitely there. It's all the seeds. Kind of like, like the, the seeds. seeds, the seeds. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, so when we distill this, so 40 pounds of Scrapple go in the still over there, right? <sighs> Along with all the herbs and spices you would typically find. So fresh apples, fresh sage, cracked back pepper, Nutmeg, bay leaf, yada, go on and on. Ugh. And so when we capture that distillate on the other side and turn it back into liquid, condensing it down, that's what we're left with. It's kind of that essence of, of, of Scrapple. So, you, so your nose... You have Scrapple essence. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, what's that, a uh, cologne? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I would definitely they try. They're going to love this. I'm going to kill them today. <laughs> Only in Delaware. <laughs> But I, but, wow. I, but I kid you not. So yeah. it's it's uh, we market it towards a Bloody Mary, um, okay. but it works well in, in something as simple as a screwdriver with a little splash of pineapple mm-hmm. on it. So it sets up really well. Um, uh, dirty martinis because yeah. uh, it's really savory, right? So right. The savory, yeah. savory quality. Right. But the um, but the oils, the, the the fats, the proteins, those never make it across the right. the, the column. So. Okay. Um, what we're left with is kind of a, a flavored vodka. That's um, if you don't eat pork, could you drink the vodka? If if you were, this is not going to be vegan or kosher, right? So right. if you are gotcha. in that vein, no, yeah. you wouldn't want to drink it. So, okay, yeah. would you guys try it? I mean, uh, you know, the only reason that I would I would try it is because it is weird to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know how I'll try some. I mean, that's the whole part of any craft, like right. Is that when you get into that room, it's like, I'll try that because it's completely out of the how norm often? in my head. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. How often do you make make this? So it's not one of our, our yeah. major volume sure. sellers. So we probably make it once every year and a half. Mm. We, you okay. know, we'll make a, you know, a thousand, eleven hundred bottles, mm-hmm. twelve hundred bottles, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and we sell it. Of, of all the products we've made over the years, that's the one that's traveled or essentially around the world. I oh, yeah. Mean, it's it's of been course. to China, it's been, oh, yeah. to, it's been to mm-hmm. Russia, it's been Hawaii. You know, people that have connections to Delaware, Absolutely. either the Eastern Shore, Maryland, or Western mm-hmm. half of Pennsylvania, right. where they know Scrapple. Yes. Right. right. They've heard about this, they've mm-hmm. had it, and that's they reach out to mm. us. Right, because that's how you win. You're like, oh, I got this apple vodka. I got this Scrapple vodka. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know uh, there's a... Uh, uh, just talking about Scrabble in general, there's a pizza place called Dom's in uh, Newcastle, and they won an award because they made the Scrabble pizza. 
Mm. And he was just like, I just Ooh. wanted to do something Delaware specific. And once I told him it was Delaware, and everybody was just intrigued by the scrap. I don't, he wasn't selling it, and I couldn't understand. Like, it wasn't just like pep, how you put pepperonis or sausage on it. It was like incorporated with the sauce. The sauce. The, yeah, okay. like you didn't even see the scrap for real, but you could taste it yeah. all the way throughout. And he was like, we won. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, def- definitely connect- Scrapple connects the, the local people, for sure, even if you don't like it. Yeah, and that's really yeah. um, dope with y'all not being from Delaware. But knowing. But knowing yeah. where you're at. Like. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so Mike and I, we, we, we were introduced to one another uh, by mutual friends back in 2011 when our mutual friends knew each, each of us were flirting with this idea of, of setting up a, a distillery in Delaware. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, they knew we weren't working together. They knew that both of us at the time were looking for partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and over beer at Iron Hill in Wilmington, uh, we got together and, you know, I rolled out my business plan and Mike rolled out kind of a production scheme. And we saw a lot of commonalities, a yeah. lot of places that we could partner. And we pretty much partnered on, this, on, on the spot. Mm, awesome. But nice. one of the things we wanted to do is not do what everybody else does. Yes. Right. Right? right. So so Scrapple is truly reflective of that. Um, the bourbon, the style of bourbon that we make here, even though it's Delaware's first bourbon of any style, um, any any distiller's style, um, you know, that's truly reflective of, of, of being creative, stepping outside of, right. of what, what people are doing. Um, How so? You want, can you talk so, more about? So, yeah, so most, most of the bourbons that you're going to come across uh, in the marketplace are going to be on that weeded side uh, or a mixed rye, mixed right, wheat. Yeah. We do a heavy rye bourbon, so we call high rye. There are a, a few of these. Uh, Basil Hayden, for instance, uh, one of the bigger brands, makes a, um, a pretty high rye bourbon. Um, but that's what we do. And bourbon is a uh, rye is a grain that um, adds a lot of spicy mm-hmm. uh, okay. notes, to dry, Christmassy, you know, clove and cardamom kind of kind of mm. notes to, to okay. the background of a bourbon. And we just thought it would be fun uh, to get away from what other craft producers that we know, the styles of bourbon that they were making. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be that we both like rye, so so we work with it and um, kind of make it our own. So did y'all know there wasn't any uh, bourbon being made in Delaware at the time, or this is just something that came about after you already did it? So <clears throat> we knew. Uh, the whiskey style that was really common in Delaware pre-prohibition was rye. So that, that region, so from Maryland, Pennsylvania, you know, rye was the, the style of whiskey that was widely consumed. So bourbon mm. wasn't, wasn't one of those things. And the Levy Glasking Distillery down in Dover was the last to make uh, Diamond State rye whiskey. Mm. Uh, and they were shut down doing so that. So they were making whiskey but not bourbon. Not bourbon. Yeah. So, huh. so what's the difference? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of people... You know, they, they get it confused, whiskey, bourbon. So I, I look at it like this. So the term whiskey is, think of it as an umbrella. Okay. All right? So a, and under that umbrella are types of whiskeys. So bourbon, rye, Japanese, scotch, Irish. And all those whiskeys um, are, are decided upon their identity uh, principally to their, um, their primary grain. So in, in bourbon... Bourbon must be made, well, one, it must be made in the United States. I could take my bourbon recipe to Japan and make it, but it's there. It would just be whiskey. whiskey. So bourbon is a commodity in the United States, and you'll find these classifications all over, just like scotch. You know, we can't make scotch here, right? right? So we can make 
we can make that style of whiskey, but we can't call it Scotch. Okay. All right. So <laughs> Where's Scotch? Which is crazy. Scotch. Scotland. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so bourbon is, a, is a only American. It's a so, it's a commodity of the United States. Okay. Yeah. Which is Absolutely. funny because I think somebody who I know is a uh, a bourbon drinker. They was like. It could only be in Kentucky. That must be Kentucky bur- uh, propaganda that you can call it bourbon if mm. it's in, only in Kentucky. So that must be like in Kentucky propaganda. Like, ah, we, we don't have <laughs> people that right. make bourbon. Right. Right. You just say if it's in, in the United States, it, it could be bourbon. That's right. And, uh, and my staff here uh, behind the bar, we get that question all the time. You know, you call it bourbon, but it's right. not really bourbon. Then, right. we, then we get a chance to educate and so, say, yeah, 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 it actually is bourbon. Bourbon's a commodity in the United States. We follow the, the requisite. Um, you know the recipe, loosely. You know from that's handed down by the Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax, and Trade Bureau. Bourbon made in the United States, derived from at least fifty-one percent corn, has mm. to come off the still below one hundred and sixty proof. Has to be finished in a new, unaged white American oak or oak uh, a bar- barrel. Um, and you know there's lots of other hoops in between. But yeah. every product that we make is kind of defined. That way. Wow. Yeah, sorry, Kentucky. You can, you, can do all, <laughs> but you can do all of that in Japan and it's and just not call whiskey. it. Yes. yes. So it be, has to be on American soil to right. be. Wow. If it, if it was going to be so bourbon, then it, then, it, then it would be uh, in Japan, it would be um, whiskey from a bourbon mash bill. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But it was, oh, yeah. I just I'm on. trying to get into yeah. some of this, uh, what you have going on over here. What are we, what are we, what are we getting into? Yeah. So I, I didn't know what we were going to get into, but I, I pulled a few things that uh, we could talk about uh, if you want to. Sure. Everything yes. from our, we just turned nine years old, November 8th. Happy birthday. So, or Good. celebrated nine years. Yeah. Yeah. So Happy we're birthday. in our 10th year, so nice. of operation. Um, and we've enjoyed some really good growth. Uh, so I brought that, um, and we do a pretty broad suite. So we so we make a vodka, we make a uh, an unusual gin in, in that it's lavender and citrus forward in contrast to oh. heavy juniper notes. Mm-hmm. We do uh, a lot of collaborations with breweries. Um, so uh, where we take uh, finished beer. So for instance, a Fordham Dominion make make a double product called Double D. Yeah. It's a double IPA, a double Imperial IPA. Mm-hmm. Really. Really high alcohol. Um, we'll bring that here after they crash it and uh, it's filtered. We just pop that in the still and pull off the alcohol. Mm. And then that new make alcohol, we call it white dog. Everything that comes off the still looks like water. Right? Mm. So it's always, everything's clear. Um, and then that goes into new casks for as long as it needs to sit. So, yeah. so we do a lot of, I mean, we've done some products with Burley Oak. Uh, well, this was yeah, a, lot of, a lot of different uh, breweries. Um, and then we do a pretty broad suite of liqueurs. We find our, our demographic, our target audience is really interested in, um, in kind of the liqueurs that we release. So we do a lot of seasonal things like right now. Um, well, this sold out in just a week. Wow. Um, and uh, this is called a campfire cocoa liqueur. Put that in the glass. So, so oh, this, yes. is, so this is coffee and chocolate. Oh, good. Oh, so, yeah. That sounds great. You yeah. know, behind our, our vodka base. Let's, let's, let's taste that. Well, we don't let's let's cause try it. Now on, we'll be on the, the forefront of these bottles not selling out on us. All right. <laughs> let's try it. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah that, that's, a big, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that's a all of them are that that sounds delicious. Turn those bottles around. I'm definitely interested. So this is a whole series. The campfire series is a a seasonal series. I see the campfire chai, the 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 cocoa. Mm -hmm. What is that? Ginger and lemon. This is this sounds like um 
some heavenly things you have going on. <laughs> this, 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 unlike IPAs, this smells delicious. Like this. Oh, I smell the cocoa and the, and the coffee. And the coffee, oh. And the bourbon. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost smells, smells spicy to me a little bit too. I don't know why. No, it's definitely um, coffee, coffee smell, and you can smell that uh, the cocoa. It smells just like it sounds. So this is this is uh, we work with the Brandywine Coffee Roasters, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, oh man, we make a cold brew with their coffee. That tastes like you should chew it. <laughs> I am to it. I'm yeah, going. right. That tastes that like delicious. That tastes like trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that is a trouble. It's a troublemaker. Right you are oh absolutely right. That is. Hold on. That's amazing. Isn't that beautiful. So, that is amazing. So we started this product. This is my my business partner Mike. This is his recipe. We we started this. This is our second release, and we. Increased the number of bottles by 100 this year. It's still sold out. That's why it's sold week. out because people know. Now yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, oh. This one's yeah. sold next year, too. Oh, yeah. I, I got to yeah. be around for this one. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Well, I know you probably buy a couple bottles and you give away for holidays, holidays as Definitely. gifts and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You want yeah. everybody to try it. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is, this is, so what we do here is, is every, every liqueur we make, we integrate it right into, by design, into our cocktail program. So in our current holiday cocktail program, which is before you, mm-hmm. uh, we have three cocktails there that feature this in, in different ways. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's pretty cool the way we, we roll it out, the way we introduce our, our, uh, our spirits to people. So most people are going to drink through a cocktail. They're not, right. you know, our niche audience ideally would be sipping everything neat like this right, right. out of the bottle. But we know that's not where the where the market is. So we we build a sophisticated cocktail. I, I, I don't even know if this needs to be in the, in the that's uh, what I was about to say. cocktail. It's so good. Straight. But what is the cocktail on here? That, so, uh, so that the people, but people I brought an audience, you probably wouldn't need to. Right, right. I understand. I understand. Yeah, so I, I think it's just uh, trying to get me in here. Oh, it's in. If you're just trying to get me as an individual in here, then just pour it in the glass. <laughs> Give me a flight of this. Like, this is. So, cookies in the VCR. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that's what I was going to say. So, that yeah. one's in there. So, this is a cookie shot. Mm. So, mm. We, we partner with a local bakery up the street, mm. uh, called, uh, Keys, Keys Cookies. And um, she makes this. Uh, uh, chocolate chip, basically, it's a shot glass with uh, chocolate on the inside, oh and then this, so this cocktail would go inside of that, you just and then you and just yeah, you, eat, you eat your glass. Get you out of here! Yeah, yeah. Oh so, man, I'm getting, I'm getting that before we leave. <laughs> <laughs> right, Yo, you know what I, I I appreciate is that um, a lot of things that I'm hearing always says we we're with this local, local, local everything. Is around you mm-hmm. that you're uh, that you're connecting with, like the local bakeries and stuff. Like that's dope. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That says a lot about you. Yeah, and it, the, even well, like it, trying it, to do the the, the scrapple, going to Fort right, menu, right, like all the right. breweries that you're connecting with. Everything, like you said, everything is local. Local. Yeah. 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 Delaware. I, I. I mean, maybe you have to do this everywhere, but you know, it's what we do is really hard. So you find people in business that are easy to work with and mm. that are fun. They're doing that. They're in the same hustle. They're, you know, they're, they're scrambling too, and they're looking for interesting collaborations. And so we're all about it. Mm-hmm. So I uh, love to cross promote other businesses that, yeah. are, that are doing it. So um, we have a good time. Um, so there was two things that actually I, I, I was thinking about that. I didn't ask 
Where did the name Painted Stave come from? <laughs> like, what does that exactly mean? That's that's a great question. It it came out of a threat of being sued. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this explains it all. <laughs> that doesn't explain anything. Or, or Stave, and then just they'll paint it on. So our, our original company name, our, our parent company name is Legacy, okay. Le- Legacy Distilling. So that's, and when we first started to get press that we were going to have this distillery here in Smyrna, um, you know, newspapers picked it up, magazines, and we got a cease and desist letter from the biggest alcohol conglomerate in the United States. Oh. said, we own that name. And so we took it to our attorney, and he said, well, you, you could fight it, but you won't have a business. They will bankrupt you. <laughs> so, so we, you know, we listened to that advice, and uh, we wrote a letter, said, okay, we're good, we'll keep this name as our company non-public name, and right. then we'll okay. find a DBA. And so Painted Stave, my business partner, Mike, is a former educator, history, and so we went on this search for a name. We had a long list of, <laughs> of, of things that we were kicking around. And he came across this reference where barrel staves um, were painted and used as early signage outside of um, uh, what I would call a watering hole, but a place where you could buy beer or cider right. in the day. And, and as early signage, the way they were used in this, in this piece of history is that the barrels would sit outside of a building Mm-hmm. If the painted stays face the street, the passersby, the passersby would know that they had open. beer or cider for sale. Oh wow! Okay. And the wow. simple thing is, is when they when they were sold out, they closed. They, they just they rotated the barrel, open and closed. So, so that that's right. Yeah. And just very they were open. So think like, back oh, to man. where people didn't read. They didn't yeah. read right. well. They so they had very simple signage, and that, so we said, yeah, let's let's do that. And so we have nice. on the east and west side of the building, we have our signage. The painted stays right. are facing. Facing the street, yes, and yes. This big sign out here by the front door—that's that's what it is. So nice. We, we, yes. we have always have booze. We ain't yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's Come a, on yeah. in. <laughs> that's right. You said he's a, your uh, partner's a history. Uh, yeah, educator. So he, he was. So a, yeah, he definitely teaching history in elementary school. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Wow. Yeah. What, year, what years were they doing doing the painted staves? Oh, so this remember? is. Gosh, I don't remember exactly, but this is in the. You said in, in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. They're not reading out here. Definitely yeah, dirt so roads and yeah, horses. Yeah, and yeah, horses and buggies. And <laughs> well, well, another question I guess I, I didn't ask, or maybe we did. I'm not sure. But so, so when did you decide, like, huh. That was what my second yeah, question yeah. was. I want to do, uh, I I I do a distillery. Like, you were doing, you were a doctor, doing your PhD. <laughs> right, right. That's how you PhD. So, yeah. so that's, that's, that's a fun story, too. That's a, that's a great question. And um, when I was last being paid regularly. Uh, <laughs> I was employed by Penn State College of Medicine in Hershey. So I was an okay. assistant professor of orthopedics. I was running my own research program. Um, and I got there via Delaware. So I came to Delaware to do postdoctoral work okay. in developmental bone biology to marry with my PhD in, in skeletal muscle physiology. You did so, leave behind so, a lot of money. So... <laughs> <laughs> So that's so, why he keeps bringing up he don't get paid. <laughs> so that means it's passion. That's his yeah, passion. Yeah, what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, that's and true. And that's why he wants to wake up to these applause too. <laughs> <laughs> all coming together. Now. That's absolutely required. <laughs> so all makes sense. So, so 
when I had my lab um, and teaching med students and residents and, you know, kind of honing my skills as a scientist, um, one of my fellow researchers, fellow faculty members, uh, Tim, Tim Riddy, um, is a fantastic home brewer. And occasionally, Tim would bring in some beer and we would talk about it. And, you know, we'd um, make a little bit together every now and again and kind of compete. But he was far, far beyond me for making good beer. And um, so one day, Tim dropped this white paper on my desk and said, you got to look at this. It's really, really interesting. And we're going to be in this region presenting our science where one of these distilleries are. And I'm like, distillery? What's a distillery? Right. And long story short, this white paper uh, talked about the rise of craft distilling, distilling in this country. Right. And so what we did is we, went, we presented our science, and then we went to this distillery, and I immediately saw application of my background. I immediately mm. th- oh. thought I saw opportunity. I was naive, but, yeah. but, and that was kind of the spark for me. Mm. And um, that, that was a spark, but... The way I am here today is with all the patience of my wife, <laughs> all the support of my right. wife, um, and Mike would say the same thing. Uh, we couldn't be here without, mm. without them, so yeah. getting that permission. And the reason why I left the College of Medicine is because um, I was science, academic science is broken. Mm. It was broken then, it's still broken. I was watching a lot of talented people leave their profession or get squeezed out of an institution uh, to go off and do other things. And um, it was already very stressful. So doing science is all about having money. So you, 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 you write a grant, you get it funded, you, you can employ people, you Mm. keep, you know, so, um, and that was so much more challenging than they ever told, told us it was going to be. And the pressures from the institution to bring that in. And and Mm. I, so ultimately, I said, at some point, this may not work. So right. I need to find something else to do. Right. And um, my, my wife said, you like to do this this other thing, and you're pretty good at it. So why don't you give it a go? Shout out to the uh, wife. Round of applause for your wife. Really? Because <laughs> <laughs> my wife would have you better sit your ass down and stay where you at. Right. From nine, from nine to five pays these bills, sir. <laughs> do, do that from five to nine. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So that's awesome. you find in a a lot of craft brewing and craft winemaking, craft distilling, a lot of people don't leave their day jobs. Right. Yeah. 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 But what we do here, you absolutely have to be all Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. in. So I left mine first and then Mike shortly followed after. So um, Mm. we're in it. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah, That's uh, that's, that's the... Scary to me, like that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. and it's funny because you do hear a lot of people that we talk to in these breweries. They a lot of people do say they still work a nine to five and then they come to the brewery when they get off and work even more. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. for you to follow your be able to follow your your passion like that, that's that's good, man. Yeah, we still scary. Yeah, but we've grown good. the business, so we got, um. I don't know, we get 22 or so employees here at the distillery and then through the food truck, which is a separate business, but I'm, I'm in it all the way. Got another eight employees there. So I never imagined, because we have about 30 employees, yeah. you know, all those different needs mm-hmm. to be met. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite a bit. Right, yeah. right. And so we've, uh, we've been able to figure out how to make good. it work. That's good. good. So, so once you rolled out your business plan to Mike and he rolled out production things, how did you... How did y'all come, want to come find this this beautiful building, but also choose Smyrna? 
Or did yeah. Smyrna choose you? I don't that's know. A, that's a great question. So a little bit of both, actually. Um, I never imagined, <clears throat> never imagined we'd be initially in a building like this. Mm. Um, the reason why we're here in this building, um, uh, we were going to set up in the Smyrna Industrial Park. Okay. Just like a typical craft. Right, right, yep. right yep. Yeah. The uh, gentleman, excuse me, the local gentleman, uh, Ed I, that we met, to help us build that space out, heard what we wanted to do, um, saw how eager we were and how committed we were, and uh, felt that we would quickly outgrow an industrial park space. And he said, I got a better idea in mind, and brought us back here. I had already toured here. I had a friend of of ours, uh, my family's, uh, brought me through here in in Clayton, uh, looking at different properties. And... um, I, I couldn't afford to be here. This mm-hmm. this place was falling apart when, when I walked through it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ed brought us back here, and he says, I, I think you need to be here. And so he bought the building huh. with us in mind, right. wow. and then he leased it back to us in a way that we could afford to yeah. launch that, business. That's good that somebody else saw, that, saw, your saw vision. that vision. Yeah. Like. And he didn't drink anything but Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't <laughs> drink any liquor, no beer. He didn't drink anything. Wow. But he was yeah. like, wait, y'all yeah. on to something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so somehow we convinced him just through our passion and our and our drive. Maybe maybe the, the credentials behind us, I don't, I don't really know. I've never mm-hmm. really asked him why mm-hmm. he committed to us, but... Um, yeah, he leased it back to us, and then it, and uh, as we continued to grow, and and the space out there and the production floor uh, was starting to fill up with barrels. It was getting tight, getting dangerous. We, Mike and I, felt we we needed to expand, and the only way to expand was to own the property. So yeah. we subsequently, in 2017, started having conversation and purchased the entire campus from him, about 26,000 square feet, mm-hmm. um, and um, we purchased. Okay. So we so we own that, and we added a four thousand. Well, it's almost five thousand square foot pole barn. That's where our barrels are housed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we built out the outdoor space that we toured earlier. Yeah, uh, it's about eight thousand square feet. Um, we call that the cocktail garden. And then in twenty twenty, we started a separate business and added food truck. Mm-hmm. Food truck took off, and then in twenty twenty one, we had another food truck, and that one's out in the road. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, just crazy. That's a good it's, pivot. You did this twice. What, talk about the, this food, food truck, truck because <laughs> you uh, introduced us to these, this food truck when we got here. The food is delicious. Yes, um, it is. It's yeah. uh, so, and he says he makes tofu tacos, <laughs> but I never had one, and I seen it on the menu for the first time, so I didn't know it existed. He said it was good. I, I really enjoyed the quesadilla. What was the the reasoning behind? Everybody knows you need a food truck or you need some type of eatery as a distillery, but it's not inside. Is that on purpose? Is that uh, we're not a restaurant? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, is that we're not a restaurant, so so that makes it much easier. And then you, you can look at the space; it it would cost a lot more money right? to yeah, put a right. restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the the food truck came about. So when we built the distillery, much like a craft brewery, Autumn Arch, you were there last night. Mm-hmm. So our my second food truck goes to Autumn Arch and supports their, their yeah. activity. So mm-hmm. so when we built the distillery, we thought we thought that food trucks would come and support us. Mm-hmm. Well, we tried to build programming around food trucks supporting us, and then food trucks don't show up. Uh, so imagine trying to run a brunch program. With you no get people lined up outside. <laughs> yeah. They get yeah, their I mean, bloody marriage, but the, then the truck ain't here. Can't, can't break down. Whatever right. it is, 
Um, and you hear that enough and you get really frustrated. Mm-hmm. So I happened to be venting uh, my frustration to a food truck operator. And um, I said, I think we're going to have to build our own truck. And, um, but neither Mike nor I want to be in the restaurant business at all. So he said, well, if you're serious, I, I got somebody in mind who could be a partner for you. And I said, yeah, I'm serious. And he got on his cell phone and brought over this 20-year-old kid, <laughs> and a scratch cook, not, not classically trained, um, and he's now my business partner. He's 23 now, yeah. and he's also all the food is at his hand. He's never been to Mexico, and he's never he's wow. only been to Colorado. It's the only other state he's traveled <laughs> to. So, but he's making this wonderful food. Yes, he is. Um, but now we can utilize his skills and his his passion, his motivation, his energy to grow additional programming. Right, that's what I was going to say. That gives you another option to work with. And we do that. So we have these. We have these ticketed dinners uh, where we pair our cocktails. We go, you know, go off this menu and uh, pair it with his food. So, nice. you know, do duck confit and risotto, mushroom risotto. Just, you're, you know, uh, different things. It doesn't have to be. In where that, am I at for these events? Like, what so, the? So you got to get on our website. website. Yeah, I'm sleeping. <laughs> website, newsletter. I've been everywhere. sleeping. Yeah. I love some duck confit. I know the duck part. I like that. <laughs> Cooking yeah. in that duck fat, boy. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, no, that's the confit, right? I'm telling you, yeah. boy. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Your boy be eating. I, I can see. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> We've had this discussion with them. <laughs> but it's been a nice way to take somebody out of our community here. You know, uh, my right. business partner, Cheeks, is, he's, he's from, he's not from, he's from Philly, but he, but he did high school here in Smyrna, so he, he's from Smyrna. Yeah. Um, he, did, he did high school here, like his, his bid. <laughs> he's from here, he did, he did high school He did here. high school here, that's yeah, how he we, made that's, it that's, out. That's, that's how Delawareans do it, too. If you, were high, you did high school here, you, you're from here. Yeah. <laughs> he did high school here, a couple years, you know, four. He did, he did, he did his four, four years. Year. But it's really cool to see, you know, take a young man. Especially, yeah, that young, yes. I couldn't have had a business at 23. Right, right, yeah. I mean, my mind was just all with the ladies, chasing the ladies. And then the fact that you, uh, because thinking to myself, I have a a 21-year-old son. I'm like, I can't even imagine trusting him. At, at twenty to be right, able to like handle got, something like that, you the had truck coming. You got a twenty. Like, right. uh, I know you. I'd have been like, like uh, <laughs> you should have told me he was twenty. <laughs> did he? Yeah. No, I, we knew he was young. So, but how, but, did, how did that? Like, because I know you have to have, be apprehensive because of his age. His how, his his uncle. His uncle's a talented, talented um, food truck operator. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, said that, you know, he helps me on my trucks. He has several trucks, and then they have a brick-and-mortar restaurant in okay. Philly. The, nice. the, the wife is a traveling chef. So he, okay. He's coming okay. Out so of, he's coming. Okay. Yeah, okay. This is the family business. He, right. he certainly right. has cut his chops. And, you right. know, yeah. and, <laughs> it wasn't like he started when he was 19 cooking, and yeah. now he's 20 yeah. running. Right. He's, yeah, he's, he's cooking. Yeah, he's yeah, been around. He's been in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Now, do you guys still do any other food trucks, or are you just keeping mainly just what y'all have? So mainly what we have, but on, on occasion we'll have other trucks here. We used to have a food truck competition. Mm. Okay. Um, pre-pandemic, you know, okay. all those things are slow to come back yeah, now. Yeah, but, yeah. but I, I could see us doing that again. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd like to be a judge for that. Put me down. Keep him up. Yes, please do. It seems like everything happens kind of like serendipitously. I guess like you were thinking about starting a business, and Mike was too, and I got together, and the same thing. Like you were venting to somebody about having a food truck, and then. 
it all happened. That's, that's pretty cool that it was all this is meant to be, I guess. He, he makes me think that I don't speak my mind enough. I yeah. need to get out here and just start running my mouth. Like. <laughs> tell people what you well, want, bro. Because well, sometimes they tell you, don't tell a lot of people your dreams. Just do the dream and then show them. But, if you but tell then on the opposite people, end, people are like, you don't say what right. you want and yeah. you won't get it. Well, you certainly won't find that in a, in a business plan for us. I mean, the food truck wasn't right. Right. working within the town and you know being a good neighbor, making friends. All that's in there. But, um, but yeah, the idea of having our own food truck. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, a lot of what we do, we go where we need to go. Mm. And the advantages of being small is you can pivot right. in a heartbeat. Like during the pandemic, I was asked last night, um, how was the pandemic for us? And the pandemic actually turned out to be okay for us. Why? People well, was on drinking. A, on, a, <laughs> on a dime, we switched from making booze to making hand sanitizer. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so yeah, we're supplying nice. hand sanitizer yeah. to hospitals and yeah. first responders. Wow. And then... And then once they had what they needed, uh, there was a market for it, and people wanted to buy it. They were reaching out. Do you have hand sanitizer for sale? I need right. to run my small landscaping company. Right. And my employees need to mm-hmm. have yeah, right. yeah. So that for That's um, great. four or five months ended up being yeah. quite lucrative wow. and yeah. helped us survive the, the, you know, the real tough time during the pandemic. Do you right. still do hand sanitizer? We're not allowed. So the, the laws were changed uh, for, wow. to accommodate that emergency need mm-hmm. and lasted about two years or so okay. uh, but yeah we, we it's like that the world war two world war one yeah yeah laws yeah. where they changed to be able to do stuff that yeah that, makes sense. that was necessary wow. for help wow would that's you, crazy if it was if you were still alive allowed would you uh, <laughs> that was <alive>. yeah. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> would you still be uh making the sentence <laughs> Not unless there was a market for right. it. Right. Yeah, right. of course, yeah. of course. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, but there, there's some big companies producing this stuff yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. A, in ways that we can't and for right. a lot less money. Absolutely. So, right. Yeah, but, but all those challenges were there. I mean, glass challenges, plastic mm-hmm. challenges. That We still have glass challenges. So some of our products, um, uh, like this past year, same product in two or three different bottles because mm-hmm. we couldn't get glass. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, you know that we we've had a discussion with other with even like uh, breweries about that the glass situation that during the pandemic, how how messed up it got. So yeah, I could I it didn't dawn on me that it was still it would hurt distilleries too. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, because glass bottles, yeah. aluminum, all that kind of stuff was just in short short supply. Short supply, you get a pay up front. Normally, right. you would have you know net thirty or mm-hmm. net sixty on an invoice, mm-hmm. but uh, now it's Write us the check. We'll send the bottles, yeah, kind of right. thing. And you know, you got to hunt for for a supplier. Right. So now, now, now here at uh, Penn State, y'all do, do quite a few different events or creative events and pairings. Like I think you have a, a donut uh, donut one as well, donut and, pairing, yeah. and I guess the duck confit thing as well. Yeah. Like how do how does it come together? Don't forget that mushroom zoto. Mushroom Zoto. Yeah, don't don't forget about the risotto. Okay. <laughs> but, so how do those how do those events come up? Like how do you create those, or do you just just talk around with the staff? And like how do you think about the things that you should pair with your your um, your, be- your beverages? I guess. So we definitely. Um, so one of the things that I pride myself on as as kind of a small business owner is we really try hard to draw input from our entire team. Okay. Okay. All right? We really do. We reach out. It doesn't mean we always get it, but we do right. try to incorporate them, um, for instance, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but I'm, I'm de- trying to develop a new liqueur flavor. And so, you know, I've made my first three iterations, and I'll, I'll 
give it to my bartenders. We'll tell them what it is. And I said, just give me opinions. What do you, right. what do you like? What do you mm-hmm. not like? And so we'd do this in the entire team to try okay. to build a product. Um, but there really are, um, for those kind of events that you asked about, there's, there's four of us. So there's myself and Mike um, the, on our social media side. So our website, the look, the feel, the Instagram. Uh, Jenny Holler does that for us. And Jenny's been with us quite some time. Um, and then uh, Angel, um, my bar manager, um, we, we sit together and, and brainstorm. Um, so donuts, uh, we, did a, we did a bread and butter pairing uh, last year that I, I didn't think it was going to work. But man, people loved it. I people love carbs. People love, people love, love carbs. Yeah. Bread, yes. Man. People love their bread. Man. Bread and butter. But, I would, but, oh. s- but selling that, I mean, we did it. We did it the way we'd always do it. So we do it up and, and we try to, you know, bring some quality to that. And, you're, you know, we're, we're um, shopping all throughout Delaware to find unique bakeries, pe- you know, people that are making good bread. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for our donut pairing, we went to D.C. and Baltimore. I went into oh. Philly. I mean, I literally drove my car to Philly and I'm waiting. Waiting, to, you know, to get fresh made donuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, and then we bring that in. So, um, yeah, we uh, go, go, you know. I would have liked to be at that bread and butter. I mean, uh, I would so like to do the. Re- he talking about he didn't research. think it was going to work. I mean, come on, it's a whole scene. That's my bread and that's the yeah. bread and butter. Like, come on, that's the reason that people say that. Different, different breads and different butters. So, uh. so, when you come up with the okay, say the food thing, like, so how do you decide what um, spirit to pair with those? Like, do you do a lot of tests? Like, ah, I don't like that. Is, that is it of, really? Or do you already know? Going or is it? No, just, so we don't is know. it normally a cocktail that's being made that's yes. paired with it? Or okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so we'll sit with our team. So once we decide, say, it's the, the donuts we're going to do, so we'll, yeah. we'll order some some donuts. We'll bring them in. We'll sit down with our staff, and we'll have some ideas for cocktails, and we'll we'll roll those out. We'll sit, eat, and drink, and taste, what? and and see, you know. I thought you were going to say, sign me up for the next... Uh. No, I'm just, <laughs> you already know. <laughs> yeah, so it was sparked in Wilmington. Um, we, they, they were excited. They came down. They brought their team down. Oh, nice. They brought down some cookie samples before we decided... We did the cookie pairing yesterday. So they, we, they brought down some samples. Uh, we knew ahead of time what they were going to bring down. Okay. And so we had some, you know, some time already to brainstorm and put yeah. some things together. Mm-hmm. And then we, we just... Taste what works, what doesn't work, right? And um, have a good time. Yeah, mm, sounds like a good time. Yeah, I, I don't need to be. Pay- oh, here we go. I don't need to be paid for R and D. Liquor and cookies. <laughs> tell me what's. Let me bread and butter and liquor. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. do it. What, what, do it. what other liquor can we get into? Yeah. So so um, since you already got something sweet on the palate, let's stay with that. So let's talk about this. So I am working on. A springtime liqueur that is uh, kind of built from my heritage. Right. So um, I'm Cape Verdean, and Cape, um, Cape Cape Verdean. Yes. Okay, explain that to me. So off of the west coast of Senegal, there's a chain of islands. So and my my mom and dad's parents um, came from the island of Fogo, and so. Um, the the Cape Verdean Islands are an independent nation. Originally flew under, well, most most recently flew under Portuguese rule. Oh, okay. Um, and were a bit of a stop for the slave trade before they came to the Americas. Mm. Um, I've never been. Would love to go. Would love to go to. You know. Would love to go home. Um, but I've, as we, try to build interesting products. Um, 
obviously ones we hope people will like and right. sell. Um, we're always looking for unique ins and outs, and right, so this right. is this is one of those where I've drawn from my heritage where they, um, there's this hibiscus tea that allegedly originated from Senegal that the Cape Verdeans took and made it into their own. So they mm. added their own herbs and spices. So, mm-hmm. so what I have here are three versions of, of, of this tea that I've then turned into a liqueur. Okay. Mm. Um, and so, um, as I said, I was doing some tastes, I, and I'll probably make six or seven more of these with different iterations, different flavorings, different seasonings in them. But if you want, we so, can taste it. Yeah, so yeah, currently, sure. these aren't these aren't out. No, yeah. these are. This is totally R and D. Yeah, R and D. R and D was painted. So if your glass is clean, yeah, just, I mean, just, I'll just do some water. We dump some water in there. Yeah, yeah, that's what I. I mean, I normally do that with my uh, with beers. I, my beers. Clean it out. Yeah, but you know what? I'm gonna get a little bit more splashing in there because that uh, cocoa was a little. Um, it's it, rich. It, it, it's rich yeah. in it. In it um, the flavor the is almost in the glass yeah. now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we'll do this and that's lit. I like that. We'll do this kind of blind and in three iterations. Um, you don't have to drink all that, but okay. yeah, um, right. <laughs> and then we can talk about it at the end. Yes, you do. You got to drink all of it. That's a, it smells delicious. It, it, does. It, does. it looks like a wine. It smells like potpourri. Oh, man, that does smell good. Now put this on your neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's good right there. Oh, man. What is happening? So, so what <laughs> to I'm, my tongue. Is that pomegranate? <laughs> what so, is that? So what I'm trying to get to is, is something that's going to be... That's going to work well in the spring. Right. Springtime, co- yes. springtime cocktails. Yeah. Lighter on the... Pastels. Yes. Um, Kentucky Derby. <laughs> and, and something that will uh, work well right out of the bottle. So, right. Um, it doesn't need to go in a cocktail. So, no, it so, does, definitely does not need a cocktail with that. Oh, man. You can do that straight out the bottle. Oh, my goodness. Mm. It's like check. What is that? Delicious so, is what it is. So <laughs> this, is this is our in-house vodka. And then, then I'm I'm flavoring it, right? This is so, vodka? yeah. So it's our in-house vodka. Did you did you think Wait. vodka? So, no, no. That, so that's the base spirit. So we make a, a weeded vodka as the base spirit, and then um, huh. how smooth I, is this vodka? Because so this is the proof. So this is this okay. is proof down somewhere between probably twenty five and thirty. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, 30% okay. Alcohol. So, so it's not it's yeah. It's not like- it's not like vodka. Because I was going to say that that's what your vodka so, starts off like. What the freak? So here's a here's a slightly different version of that. So then I'm going to ask you what makes them different. Well, no, you got to taste the three, all three of them. And then we got to yeah. ask us what was the best. Well, so and that's actually the simplest question that I'm asking my team right now. One. What do you like the best? Right. I don't need to know why, but which one do you find most approachable? That first one, y'all can smell a lot more than, than this one. That's, that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard because this is good. But it's a different – this is like tastes like plum. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still rocking with number one. Yeah, number so one, so number so the hard. pomegranate is is better. <laughs> pomegranate, pomegranate, <laughs> pomegranate, <laughs> whatever, whatever you think it tastes like. Plum is good too, but it's softer. It's not as uh, sweet. Yeah, the plum. Yeah, so that's why you're giving it the pomegranate versus the plum. Yeah, the yeah, other one didn't. You don't know that that's what's in I there no at idea. all. I have no idea. I think this is plum though. 
It did lean a little, really little, little sweeter. The other one did. Yes, the first one. Not, not much, but a, a little. Yeah, the first one. The, this, the, the plum one, the second one is, is plum. more. Yeah, the plum one is more of a softer sweetness, like a plum yeah. would be. Right. It, it doesn't. Like your best plums aren't the sweetest plums. Aren't aren't sweet like strawberries. Aren't sweet like pomegranate or cherries. But they're still sweet in their own way. You right. know what I mean? So what's fun for me is that. So your your palate memory is your palate memory. So yep. if it's plum to you, if it's pomegranate to you, it absolutely is that because that's absolutely. what your brain is saying. Okay. Right? right. Okay. But to somebody else, yeah, it, it could be totally different. They're gonna say it's blackberries. You say it's blackberries. That's right. Yeah, I can get that. Yeah. I can understand why you, where you go with that. Yeah. But see that 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 power suggestion right. is is very powerful. <laughs> yes. yes. It's very strong. Yeah. And then the ta- I used to do. Is that why you don't? Tasting. That's why you always do blind with your. With the, uh, the the staff. So I, I don't, I'll tell you at the end what's in it, but I don't want to be leading. Right, right. right. Um, so, so we actually have, I developed a, a scoring sheet for, for tasting, okay. um, for nosing. And so for each of our cocktails, um, when we build a menu, our staff sits down, they taste them, and they, they go through the scoring process so that they can understand it. And then we, the, I, the intent I had was to create a um, kind of a, a norm, like a, find out where the middle ground is. Mm-hmm. But over the years, I found out it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so, right. okay. so a failed experiment. But they find it useful to go through and, and, and break down the cocktails the way I have it set up to be scored. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. But then the last, the last one uh, here. So, yeah. While we're tasting this one, what? How long does this process go from like recipe to in the bottle here, or from recipe to to sell? To sell? Well, the reason why I'm starting now for spring is because it does is, take some time okay, from label okay. design. Um, there is an approval process with the Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax, and Trade Bureau. Oh, so you yeah. have to send this away, and they can say this isn't good. No, or they can fail it or whatever. They, yeah, so we we have to undergo what we call a formula approval mm-hmm. for the. For the, for the manufacturing of this, and they, they basically want to make sure it doesn't have anything that's prohibited in terms of being used. But there's nothing in here that would be a problem. Okay. But we get a, we get approved for making it, and then um, that approval would be attached to our label, um, and we can only submit the label for approval after we have the formula approved to make it. So. Dates. <laughs> I was thinking cranberry. <laughs> Dates. So, so which one of these is more complex? First, second, third. More complex mm. flavors. I think the first one I think felt more complex to me. I could be wrong, but the first one did. I think the first one did too. Now, the only reason I say the the first one it's did this one to me. The third one, third one. Yeah. The first one did to me because it seems like I could. How can I explain this? It had like it still had an alcohol flavor to it. Like this is not safe. For me, to yes, yeah, so I'm gonna disagree with you. I, this None almost of these feels like I would guzzle I've, this I've one, had, though. I've, I feel had like. four, I've had four of these. It tastes like uh, a chocolate bar and three different fruit juices. <laughs> what a, like, the the first one had felt a little. It was sweet, but also there was a little it, spice in there tell, as well. That's what, I think that's what it. I didn't feel any. I think that's what gave alcohol, me the liquor. No, no alcohol. He just there was like uh, almost oh, something okay. like coriander yeah, or okay. some pepper like or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah maybe that's wrong, what I'm thinking about. It make, makes me feel like it still had alcohol in it. But these feel like they don't. Like none of the other two do. So the success in this in this part of this business is is exactly what you're talking about. No, you. You don't want to recognize the alcohol, yes. right? right? Yes. So you like the flavors, you like all, and you 
course, like the effect of the alcohol, but you don't, you don't want to have to taste it. And so that's a delicate balance and getting the flavors just right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it works out. I mean, but, to be fair, I, they're all, all great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. yes. No, no, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> right, right. All of them are delicious. Yes. But, but I think one would be... One would be my uh, and then, my top choice. You know what I thought about? I said one too, but after I thought about it, I'm like, I wonder if it's only because I went from having the the cocoa fir- first, and then switching up to that being an, the, the next one. Oh. Yeah, I, so I don't. It's hard. It's, it's hard. It, is, it is very. Hard. I think it's hard. Most complexly, I think the third one hard. is the most complex, but I like the first one the best. Okay. Yeah, my palate is always yeah. sweeter. So and these are just the sweetest one. these are just. You know, iterations of the first one. So um, this tea is built around hibiscus and ginger. Mm-hmm. So hibiscus and ginger is... It's that's in where all your spice of, came from. It's in all of them. That ginger. And, and I would agree. That's probably where the spice yeah. came from. If it's right. not an alcohol spice that you're finding. Right. Um, and then the sugar that I'm using right now is a is a dark brown sugar. So, mm. you know, dark, that's going to give me a lot of molasses. Right. Give me a, maybe some spice as well. Right. But it's going to be very much in the background. The dates. So that's constant yeah. throughout all these. And then in the second one, I've just added some lemon zest to my boil. Mm, so sure. when I'm cooking this, I've, I've and that's giving you that light citrusy mm-hmm. note. There's, and then the final one, there's, instead of lemon zest, there's orange zest. Um, but there's also clove. Um, and cinnamon. And that's that why you said cinnamon. that was the most complex. And, and it is huh. the more complex. And it's, yeah. it's more fall-like to me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it, but it, yeah. I don't think that will work in For the, the spring. spring. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I think yeah. the first one gives you that, that springtime. That spring time. Yeah. And, and, Remember and I think I'll fall in spring, spring into all of them. It also had a lot of things <laughs> that, was, that you smell. Like, it's definitely the more floral. Yeah, that's true. all three of them. Not the first one you could smell. That's true. Yeah, that's, yeah, it smelled like springtime. Yeah, yeah. I get yeah that. so that nose is going to be really important because right. before you hit your lips, it's going to hit. Go Which through one your nose. are you on right now? Which one are you thinking? Oh, neither of the none of these right now. <laughs> <laughs> he just still working. He just still working through it. Like I said, yeah, he said he's going to do like at least a couple, yeah, six, a couple three, more. Six, he he wants yeah, six. six. All total, there there'll be six or seven of these yeah, variants, right. and uh, I'll try different. Um, I'll try agave sweetener. Mm-hmm, I'll try mm-hmm. some honey. As I, you know. Pulled through the literature to see how yeah. this tea is commonly yeah. served. They use different sweeteners. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Maybe some pure cane sugar. Probably not. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking something low glycemic because we've never done it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and you know people mm-hmm. would have, you, uh, have you had the tea? Um, no. And it's funny because when I talk to my family members that have traveled, they've never had it either. Whoa. Huh. So, but this is in Cape Verdean books and you know yeah. Yeah. and and recipes as a tea. So, yeah. hmm. but the tea is really simple. Yeah, now, like now, when you're creating some of these um, flavor profiles for, for the different beverage, um, spirits, do you do the same type of process? Like, it normally take about six or seven iterations before you say, uh, or is this just one because it's, like, close to home, so it's I, a little... I, w- I wish I could say yes, but not always. Okay. So, uh, sometimes we're going too fast, and it's, it's a bit of a, a, a criticism I have for the way we do it sometimes, but uh, not always. Okay. So, sometimes the first time you... you you put something on the on the shelf. Um, it was the first time you made it. So like like this here. So the, last year, um, I wanted to make a, an unusual chai liqueur. Um, this didn't come out how I intended. Okay. But it sold. But yeah, it it sold like out. Yeah. People liked it. Yeah. And so what I like, yeah. sometimes it didn't right, matter. Right. Yeah, um, that's absolutely so, right. So this year, so this is the first. This is last year's. Uh, I brought this from home because uh, we don't have any more in house. It sold out. 
this year, but I tweaked it. I, I understood, you know, a little bit of, at least I thought I understood what, what I did last year that I, maybe I wanted to try to improve upon. Yeah. So, so you tweaked it, the yeah. tweak is in that bottle? No, no. the tweak is in oh, the, the one that sold out. He had to take this home. And I don't know if those nuances connect with my demographic. Yeah. They, they connect with me, it's, it's right. different. So, but it's still sold out. So, yeah, they yeah. good, yeah. You know, people say, if it ain't broke, right? Right. right. So, right. Um, are those the size bottles that you sell? So these are the liqueurs. So okay. the so liqueurs go in these bottles. Our main, and these aren't necessarily our main products. The products I have in distribution are in, in 750. So okay. this, this bottle here is, you know, 750. And this is holding our ninth anniversary bourbon. Mm-hmm. But this is only sold here. Mm-hmm. So there are only 250 bottles, and we didn't put this in distribution, so it's only sold here. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we can get into this. This is, this yeah. is, this well, is yeah. a fun sure, whiskey. Sure we can. Right. Let's um, well, well, go into the liqueur a little bit. Um, like yeah. when, you, when you sell those, and like on the website, do you have like recipes? Like uh, this is how, this is what you can use, like different recipes that you can use for them? Um, cocktails. For the cocktails and stuff like that? Yes, we do have some of those. Um, and then any uh, more commonly what happens, people reach out through email. Okay. And yeah, we just you know if they want to know what the recipes are for these cocktails, we we openly share them. So okay. We, yeah. Some of them are a bit involved. You know, I warn people up front. Yeah, you got to make some syrups. You got to get in the kitchen a little bit. Right. Um, you got to make a cookie glass. <laughs> so we we but we do a cocktail class here. So yeah, we're, right. we're nice. We, see, we, see. Yeah, that's right. we deconstruct and reconstruct cocktails. You make a cocktail. You learn how to awesome. uh, handle the tools of the trade. Mm-hmm. How to put a cocktail together. And along the way, you learn some history. Um, of the cocktail, as well as uh, get exposed to some of the ingredients and why they're used and how they how you may interchange your ingredients. So, when you do these cocktail, uh, like those cocktail programs, is it like a one night thing or is this like? It's a one night thing. Oh man, that sounds like a yeah. good date night. Do you yeah. take some of that content and put it on TikTok? Because <laughs> that we sounds have, like a TikTok. Uh, we have not during the <laughs> pandemic. We were doing a little bit of that yeah. video, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it definitely sounds like a good date night. Yeah, yeah. it definitely. Yeah. But I'm talking, but in terms of the content, TikTok, the content, yeah, like tipsy bartenders yeah. and all that kind of stuff, yeah. and right. making drinks, especially with your own uh, liqueur and uh, whiskey and stuff. I think that's nowadays it's a match made in heaven. And social media definitely helps with uh, liquor brands, for sure. Yeah. What what has this business been like with you being a a black man in this business? Like, gift for a curse. I don't know. It's just the business. Just business. Yeah, I, only recently has it even has anybody even noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's true. I didn't start the business because of the way I look. Uh, it, it came from you know I enjoy the process, right? Right, and it's the struggle is real. It's ongoing, and I really enjoy the process. I enjoy the creative process. Um, I enjoy the extension of helping our staff grow. And do the things that they want to do. Um, you know, Cheeks is a great example of that. The food truck partner. Um, those are all the things that make me feel good. Um, but the reality is, and I didn't know this until until really the George Floyd stuff uh, hit hit mainstream media. Um, people started reaching out and say, "Hey, there's not a lot of." african-american distillers you you're you're the only one in delaware you're the only african-american distiller in delaware right right now in this modern age and right and i pause and look around and go yeah there's one guy that's making beer that i know of and that's that's about it yeah. and so after that and then people start 
pepper me with questions and interviews and podcasts. And so I felt I needed to go and try to understand actually what was the status of you know, women and minorities um, in in the world of, of distilling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, still on that quest trying to understand mm-hmm. that. But as I understand it today, there are two other gentlemen uh, that came before me uh, that in terms of having their own federal license. So I have two licenses here. I have one through the state of Delaware, but the federal license to have a distillery is called a distilled spirits permit. Mm-hmm. And um, so... Um, you know, I'm allegedly the, the third person in modern day history to wow. have that. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have the business without it. Right. <laughs> so it's a necessary hurdle to jump through, but I never even thought that it was a significant thing being African American. What we do here, it, it is expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get 300,000 or so in equipment. You know, just just production equipment alone. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's you know it's three hundred dollars a barrel, new. You know that's with shipping. So right. so bourbon has to go into a new barrel every time you make it. Mm. You can't reuse the barrel to make bourbon. You can reuse it, but it's not bourbon. Do you send them out so, to for to other places like for beer for breweries and stuff? We do, we do a lot of collaborations okay. actually. I get us. I mean, we get over there. We get eight barrels. If any y'all need barrels, we get, you know. <laughs> so that but we you have to buy them. Brand, brand new. We have to buy them brand new. So we have a Cooperage, Cooperage in the Midwest, mm-hmm. uh, the barrel mill out of Avon, Minnesota, is where we get our, our barrels. And there was a you know trial and error process on that, selecting what the right the oak right wood, for, yeah. right. for your. Is it for always your oak? Uh, for what we do, yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, with some exceptions, we finish in some French oak. Um, we haven't finished in anything outside of uh, oak. Uh, but but other distillers will use exotic woods. Um, for their whiskeys. I'm yeah. so interested in, in the bourbon process, like that, knowing that it has to be a, a brand new barrel. And, uh, like, can you talk more about that? Like, does it just answer, like, you said what we're about to taste is nine years, so y'all started that the first year y'all started? So, no, so it's our ninth anniversary bourbon, but okay. it, it, it's in here the liquid is six years old. Oh, okay. So, and it's, I mean, that still so, sounds old to me. But. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a long time. It's a long time to yeah, wait. Yeah. Yes, yes. So is that it, the oldest? Is so, that the oldest liquid no, that you we, have? No, we have some seven-year-old bourbon mm. um, that's just right now. It? So, <laughs> crazy to me. yeah, yeah. So you start to understand the madness, right? Yes. So, so you laid down that money. So right. production money, barrels, right. and then you're waiting. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're losing volume. Right. <laughs> Yo, this is to, crazy. to evaporation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Evaporation and going to the wood. That devil's cutting all the, that. The angel share. Yeah. Yes. The angel share. Yeah. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. So, so you start to understand why the cost. So, of if you have a seven-year-old bourbon right now, is it going to be twenty years old? Is it, um, are you going to keep leave it? Or are you man, twenty and, and then how do you? So I'm, well, not even, I'm fifty-seven. I don't know if I'll be around. <laughs> we we might, but like, how, how do you like? Do you you have a barrel? So and you're like, I want to do a seven year. So we wait seven years, then you you take some of it off, and then like we want to keep it for ten years. How does that how does that work? Yeah. So so most bourbon that's consumed in the United States um, is is going to be aged somewhere between six and eight years. Six and eight. Okay. Yeah. Aging a bourbon for 15, 20 years was was never even thought of until last 10 years, really? last five years. Okay. Yeah, okay. it would never have been done. Right. It would never have been done. The, 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 the school of thought would be that you'd ruin it. 
Right. Mm. Um, but this is sales and marketing. and people found a way to convince people to buy you know whiskey that's that's really old and it doesn't necessarily mean it's better right so so it's up to you and your palate and your wallet whether or not and i think people that i think what normally if you think about it like those are more expensive bottles right but because what he's saying is they may not be the necessarily the right, but it may not be the best because their cost of because of the cost, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> but he's saying that they may not taste the best. And up to ten years ago, they were, they were ruined bottles. It was a, it wasn't even it was swill. It was nasty. Well, so a, so a distiller would would make those statements whether or not they were factual or true. Okay. So there, there might be some that are quite good depending on how they're finished. Right. So, okay. But, how about yeah. painted stage? What is y'all's limit? Like how old? How old? So we don't have the limit. We're a young company. The okay. limit would be. Based on demand, so I got about three hundred or so barrels in in the barrel house now, mm-hmm. um, and that's not a lot. It's a lot for a small guy like me, but it's not a lot if we were to suddenly get big orders right. and had to and had to release products. Right. So, so one barrel, so how, how many how many bottles would you get from how many seven fifty bottles would you get from a barrel? So it depends on the age, right? So, yeah. Remember, so, it's, it's, so, it's evaporating. So, right. That's that <laughs> angels cut. So we fill two different size barrels. Um, the vast majority of barrels that we've filled are 30 gallon barrels that's mm. what's on the floor out there now but the industry standard is a 53 oh, okay. right so we have laid down some of those the 53s are definitely not going to be dumped early mm-hmm. so those are going to be dumped six six plus years okay. you know? and the reason for that is is because you need time to oxidize mm. to, to essentially mature the contents in the barrel so you need that wood interaction uh, liquid wood interaction to change the chemistry to develop those flavors that people like in their whiskeys. Okay. And that's that's just all takes time unless yeah. you're going to do some mm. um, experimenting with, with the aging process. This is very interesting. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's not like finishing. Like in beer, you're finishing, right? right. So if you're going to put beer in a barrel, you're doing it three months, right. Right. May, maybe six. That's, right. a long time. that's a long time. You have to yeah. make sure that the barrel's not you know, carrying any bacteria in it because you just screw everything else. But yeah. um, we we don't have the, the concentration of alcohol that's going into the barrel is quite high, so you don't really have to worry about yeah. a lot of that yeah. on the right. spoilage size. Wow. So, so we'll wait as long as we can. Yeah. Um, and the market will kind of dictate how long that wait is. Mm-hmm. So if our if our six year old or seven year old bourbon, um, which we haven't tasted um, in some time, is is competitive with with big names and that's where we that's what we'll shoot for yeah um yeah. so the delaware climate is dictating all that so right. you know the barrels breed they expand they contract uh they drive that chemistry and those flavors mm. so how so often do you taste so um about every certainly every year but about every six months so oh, okay. and we don't taste everything so um the the barrels there they're they're um we store our barrels in a in a pallet so they're palletized, so All they're stacked up. Yeah. And so um, in contrast to a, a bigger operation, which might um, shift those pallets around or, or shake the contents, uh, we don't do that. Move so that they're all there. To all our, yeah. Sitting there. Yep. Right. Yeah. So one thing that I wanted to ask is what is it like with this location being next to a church? <laughs> and across um, the street from a fire and station. And across the street from a fire station. <laughs> Like on Sunday, but <laughs> <laughs> liquor in church they go together. <laughs> they do. Jesus' blood is the wine. Communion. Yeah. 
I'm just saying. I'm How just has saying. that been? That acceptance <laughs> been? So it goes back to an earlier question that Rob asked about: Did Smyrna choose us? That you know, why? How we? Uh, how we find ourselves here? Um, yeah, the real estate's right in terms of cost. Uh, the high throughput traffic on 13. You know, we thought we were in a high traffic corridor mm-hmm. and pull people off. Um, that hasn't necessarily panned out the way we had hoped, but. But nevertheless, we still attract people from from Annapolis and Baltimore and, mm-hmm. and Philly and Massachusetts, New York and New Jersey. So we we get some regional traffic in here. Certainly, before more more of that before the the pandemic, right. and it's still correcting. Um, but um, the other side of that is Smyrna showed us. So once once uh, I guess the who's who of Smyrna. Um, heard that a couple guys were nosing around this building and looking right. to uh, bring a distiller here and they people wanted something here they they hosted us right um in one of the historic residents and um you know kind of rolled out the red carpet the town manager the mayor they invited us and you know we we went and um met folks and they were very welcome yeah that's and nice. um so in that and that just uh it just dovetails right into the the church next door um we went over and met Pastor Riley, you know, and said, hey, introduced ourselves. This is what we want to do with this building over there, and what do you think? And, you know, he's of Scottish heritage, so he didn't have much of a problem. <laughs> um, and, and in the end, what's happened is we, you know, we, he's a good neighbor. So um, yeah. when we expanded to create our cocktail garden outside, we, he had a chain link fence between our property. And we said, hey, do you mind if we you know, dress that up a little bit, put something a little nicer. And he said, no problem. So we pay for it. Yeah. So yeah. we pay for that. And then uh, we use their parking lot for overflow parking. So when they needed some repairs done in that parking lot, we just, you know, we utilize some of that. So yeah. we put in our money to, oh, nice. to help with that as well. Awesome. So, well, so community. So, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way it should be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and, and uh, in return um, during the summer months, if we have nothing going on here and they uh, run in their Bible study and they, they want to be outside, yeah. 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 well, we're not using the garden. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And there may be some people in the church that don't necessarily approve of the alcohol because that church goer, some, some of them don't. But when you're showing that you're just a part of the community, right. it's just yeah. as good as having the fire station across the street or the church next That's door. Right. Everything is a part of the community. And at you the end of the day, this could just have been one, either just a, a raggedy old building. Right. It was falling apart or 10 years ago. Yeah, right. could be a parking lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be absolutely nothing yeah. here but grass. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> so, if, it, if you're benefiting, like they built the, the fence, like they used the overflow, they can come and do Bible study here. Right. You can't really right. argue if they're if you guys are keeping your doors open, like right. they should, you know what I mean, like right. So it's, it's not somebody yeah. has a problem over there, but it's there's their voice isn't loud enough because the pastor and the rest of the congregation sees the, the right. right. That's right, yeah. and they love what we've done. Yeah, for sure. So we've sure. taken this eyesore, this mm-hmm. you know undeveloped property. Yeah. And, I wonder yeah, if they would have had the same energy if this was a strip club. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not. Pop up and come over here for a drink, but pop up. Going back to like um, the, the business side, in terms of like you were saying, like you can't get this particular bottle anywhere else but here. Where else? Where do you distribute? I guess uh, where can you get Pantastape outside of uh, here? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. So so you think about this from a business. So a lot of people uh, assume that. 
our business success is in distribution. Mm-hmm. And for a small guy, you've done enough breweries. You know this. Right, so yeah. Most of the small breweries, most of the small wineries, they don't distribute. Don't, yeah. right. And if they have distrib- distribution, it's tough to uh, run the business on right. those winnings. Right. Same thing here. Okay. okay. So for every bottle I sell here to capture the same kind of margin, mm-hmm. Depending on the product, I need to sell four, between four and five bottles in distribution. Wow, that is a crazy. Right? Right. And, and so think about it. That so, is so, crazy. So I do the bulk of my business here just because of that haircut with the distributor and right. then the retailer markup and all that. And the fact that I can't control the brand message in a liquor right. store. Right. I can't be there all the time, yeah. coordinate, getting, getting the product it Right. Fun. It's no, funny so. that you said that because when I went to, uh, uh, <laughs> when I went to Total Wines, there was a liquor that I, there was a uh, a liquor that I found, a vodka that I found, and the only reason that they remembered what the vodka was, the the, the workers there, is because the person who owned the vodka company, they said that they came in there snapping on them because their vodka was placed at the bottom and not at the top, <laughs> and so it's like the placement of it makes a difference it makes because a it's, difference. it's there. People pay for that placement, for, right? Right. Yeah. And he, they said That's he came he in there. Like, he came in there he snapping because he paid yeah. for that that placement. Yeah. Put so no, you can't do that. Yeah. So if you got it in your own you spot, know, you know where it's placed at yeah, versus exactly. trying to go through that. Yeah. That's woo boy. And, and total and line markup is just ridiculous. Like yeah, yeah. In the markup, it's crazy. Yes. Dang. And the distribution is for. I feel like the distribution is for your customers more so than you, because like you get your name out a little bit if you had a if you got a distribution deal and you got something in California, yeah, somebody sees it, but it doesn't. Are they going? Oh. Yeah. So that is the that That's is tough. the tough part of the yeah. business, and it is. So when Mike and I get into these discussions, I I've, I've learned over the years that my my sense is that. We as a small producer, we have no business. The way we're capitalized, we yeah. have no business trying to sell volume products. Mm-hmm. It's a volume game and, right. and distribution. We just can't afford it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have the kind of cash. Yeah. We, we're not making that kind of return. So, you know, we take such a haircut out the door. So, um, but to answer your question, um, we are through Total Wine and their Spirits Direct program. We are as far south as uh, Georgia. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, we just registered through another distribution company called Liberation Distribution. Um, they're kind of an online uh, kind of warehouse, if you will. They oh, okay. really don't have a brick and mortar as a di- distributor. Okay. Um, and, but they they can uh, get our products in the hands of retailers and typically bars and restaurants okay. in, in Florida. So very nice. soon we'll, okay. we'll have an opportunity in Florida. But um, presently on the shelf, I have products in Georgia, uh, South Carolina, uh, Jersey, as I come back up this way, of course, Delaware. Um, we uh, go up to Massachusetts, um, through Liberation Distribution, I have uh, products going into New York on occasion. Uh, then we go out west, uh, so Missouri, uh, Chicago, which is really just Chicago, and um, then we hit California. Mm. So we have, so nice. that's our, kind of our distribution. So all told, about I don't know, ten or twelve states. We're yeah. in. so Maryland, we're in, um, but the bulk of the business is right here. Right. Yeah, and why not? Because this is a, this is a nice establishment. Right. So I remember friend, friends. If you see them uh, in your in your area, you got to buy five bottles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy one. 
good point. That is a good point. That's a very good point. He definitely had to buy five bottles. If you want to support, don't buy one. Now, you also talked a little bit about uh, now you do some contract brewing. Like, how many people uh, contract with you to do their brands as well? Like, how many people now do your? So, let's see. We have contracts with, uh, I don't want to name people. No, you don't have to name them. I was just. so we have one product on the shelf here. We make for a local family. We make a, uh, their honey liqueur. Oh man, it's here. so good. Is that Halo? Oh, that's Halo. Oh man, yeah, it's so, so good. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we make that for a local family. Um, but um, I think all told about five right now. Okay. All right. So and and people constantly reach out. Uh, a lot of times, what, what happens? People that aren't in the business, they want to have their own vodka line. Right. And so we'll sit down and we'll. You know, we're a small producer. It's right. more expensive for us to make a product for them than it would be if they went to a larger producer like MGP, who makes the bulk of the whiskey right. for for the United States. So, um, yeah. So we it's a it's an economy of scale kind of okay. kind of mm. issue. Nice. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, it may be easier to talk to you to get it out, but it's going to be more expensive with you because you're a smaller operation. Yeah. 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 And we're nimble. We can do whatever yeah. you want to right. to, to, to some extent. Well, with some limitations. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, th- and then we also produce, uh, we have produced spirit for uh, the marijuana industry as well. Okay. So so all those, Whoa. so the way you make a business like this successful is you have to have, and we've, we've learned this on the fly, uh, you have to have multiple lines in the water. Right. So different revenue streams. Yeah. Uh, different programming. So we're having a drag queen bingo on uh, Thursday. Nice. So we're looking for uh, something different to do on Thursday to bring people in. Yeah. Right. Um, it's been a huge success for this community and um, we're happy to do it. Absolutely. Uh, so you're just thinking out of the box. Yeah. Right? All right. So, yeah. so we've, we've been teasing, tasting this, I guess, for oh, yeah. a while now, right? So I guess we should taste so, it. So what this is, is a, it's a, our bourbon, okay. so our high rye bourbon, finished for four years in our standard 30-gallon cast. Mm. And then it spent another two years in um, heavily used red wine casks. Mm. So, and so typically when people, so that you could call the red wine uh, aging as a finishing, but typically people would only do this for about three or six months. But we did it for two years, mm. and so you get a and mm. my and in my head you get a lot more flavor integration. So where you have one product, you don't have two products in a in a bottle fighting okay. itself trying to find oh, identity. Right. So, right. Okay. Um, but this is uh, proof down to ninety six. So um, it's it's good. We call it. So this is branded under it's branded under our old an old brand. So we used to have uh, Diamond State Bourbon. And we, we no longer have it, um, but we had some leftover labels. And so... You know, Use them. Yes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's not going on the shelf right. anywhere else. And no right. So. I realized that uh, distilling is probably is... Uh, my patience probably ain't good enough. I'll be like, two right. years, I'm ready to drink right. now. <laughs> like beer is even... I'll be like oh, struggling with, be waiting with beer. Waiting for beer, yeah. Oh, but drinking this water. Right. <laughs> Come on, yo! I'm ready so, to. So I'll walk you through a bit of a bit of uh, Ooh, a bit of nosing, a bit of nosing, and yes. kind of tasting one on one. Since this is whiskey, and you're not going to shoot this, um, this glass that you have is actually a tool. It's called a Glencairn glass, and it is a nosing glass. And the shape of the glass is designed to hold on to the aromatics. So all the volatile oh, compounds yes. that are evaporating off the alcohol that can that your nose can recognize, this glass is trying to condense those and present those in a way that you can oh. then study it 
So what you don't want to do from a glass like this is sniff heavily, you know, because then you'll defeat the glass and you'll just get alcohol. You get alcohol burned. So what I suggest to our team and people is to inhale gently through the mouth with your nose in place as you move the glass up and down, left and right, in and out. As, and what you're trying to find, and I'll show it, I'll mm. demonstrate it in a minute. What you're trying I, to find. Like I tasted it when I did that. No. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to find a location relative to your nose where the alcohol, defensive qualities of alcohol are in the background and the, um, the aromatics coming off of it, things you want to identify, things you want to connect with are in the foreground. And so, so it would look something like this. And and softly inhaling through the mouth, and and when you find that location that the alcohol is in the background, and those those notes, those other notes are in the foreground. That's where you kind of hang out. You may come, you know, exhale, come back, and try to find that location again, and ask yourself some very simple questions. What do I recognize? Caramel. Cherry. So, <laughs> that's like so caramel smell or or grape of some sort type of. So. So everybody, because everybody's palate's different, your palate memory's different, your access to your palate's different. Yeah. So everybody will come up with different things that they recognize. Mm-hmm. And that power suggestion we talked about before, right, right. you didn't get caramel before, but because you said it, now you're getting caramel. Yeah. And so what do you get? So, so there's, I, I'm biased because right. I know what's, know what's in here. In yeah. yeah. So, and that doesn't help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but this process so so by nosing you're actually tasting and discovering flavor just through your nose that's right. just the way it works right. now the way we do this um, when we put this in our mouths it's actually not on our tongue that we get flavor the, your tongue only gives you sweet sour salty savory bitter right so it still is your nose that will ultimately get you flavors huh. and so so once we get this in our mouth and we're we're kind of lightly chewing on it um, the uh, liquid compounds that are not uh, volatile in the glass become volatile in the mouth. And so you get different information coming off of the, the dilution in your mouth <laughs> and, and go into your brain. So it's a really complex, I think, a really cool process. Yes. But we call this retronasal um, kind of tasting. So we're doing an orthal. When you take it in out in one direction, that's orthonasal. Retronasal is when we're slowly exhaling and our nose is still taking it up and doing the, the, the flavor assessment in your brain. You know what's and funny? So it, it makes me think of, I was watching something and they said if you close your eyes, right, and you don't inhale it, if you just, if somebody get, puts an apple on the table and an onion on the table and you don't smell it, you can't tell the difference when that's you right. bite it. Yeah, think about when you have a cold yeah. and you're, you're like yeah. a, a head cold, really strong head cold. What happens to food? It, everything tastes like nothing. That's right. So you, you may <laughs> hold on to a little bit of sweetness or sourness. Some spice, some, maybe some spice because it's hot. You just not even taste the spice, but just feel a, right. the heat. Yeah, yeah your nose, right. is, so your nose flavor, is definitely a big part of your taste. Yeah, yeah. so flavor goes out, out the door when you have a head yeah. cold. Did you know all of this uh, flavor profile stuff before? I, I, uh, distilling or, I had or some sense. appreciation for the neurobiology side because I've had these courses. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. uh, gastroenterology is, um, is a relatively new science. Um, but um, so how this is done, yeah. in other words. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but 
because of my background in physiology, I had some understanding how this is done. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're really in our infancy uh, is trying to understand this. And that, that, believe it or not, the pandemic, the fact that people were losing their ability to smell, has driven a lot of the more recent science. Um, you know, the NIH yeah. is funding yeah. right. because there's a real medical need to Absolutely. to be able to do this. So it's pretty cool. Uh, that, that is warm. It's one of the sunsets. <laughs> did you sip it yet? Oh so, man, yeah, I did. Yes, so yes, that is bourbon. Um, this is not what we had before. It's, no, it's it, not the but, it, it, but the crazy part <laughs> to me is that at the first sip, it's a little sweet, and then it tells you, and no. then it says, "Hey, yeah, not that I'm sweet. bourbon. Yeah, <laughs> this is bourbon. Right. <laughs> I'm a gangster out here. I like it. <laughs> so, so when you mount this, so your tongue is recognizing the sweetness, and it is sweet up front, but as you add your saliva to it and start to mouth it and coat your entire mouth, that's what you want to be doing. You don't want to swallow it right away because you're going to get all that alcohol burned swish down it, your esophagus. Swish it around, Not switch, but you're, it's a gent- just like gentle a chew almost, like, right. mm-hmm. and then okay. And then what you want to do is exhale through the nose softly and then start to think about the flavors. So this is the, a thinking man drink. Yeah, a little bit. Thinking <laughs> person, thinking person drink. It tastes drink. different when you tell you to do it like that. It tastes different than it do just drinking and swallowing, taking a sip. Yeah, yeah. It does taste different when you not swish it, but make sure it gets all in the yeah. whole mouth. So when you then breathe it out through your nose, you're really tasting yeah, it. Yeah, allows you to appreciate, really appreciate, right, the, right. the craft of. But uh, even like the burn the, is not even there, like it was right, the first time. Right, yeah. like the chest so, burn. Yeah, is not so there. so typically at a tasting, I'll say take that first sip. This is going to be the one with all the heat. Mm. So we need to acclimate those soft tissues in your mouth to the concentration of alcohol. If you don't wait too long or if you don't rinse in between, and then you come back for that second sip, yeah, th- that burn so is that typically typically gone. Uh, yeah, so that's what it, that could be what it is. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but I think it's fun. So I would ask you, so is that caramel note that you got on the nose right out of, that was so abundant for you, is that on the palate? No. No. Yeah. Not at all, actually. So, I have no cherries. So, yeah, I, I you have no cherries, no cherries. and no. now the, the weird part is it's vanilla to me, like a vanilla mm. flavor. I don't, I don't know what. I'm not trying to let the power suggestion make me think it's vanilla, <laughs> like a cream, like cream, like, like a cream, cream soda. soda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm getting that flavor. I think that's why I said vanilla. It's, it's like, like a like non-carbonated it. cream soda. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so for me, that's fun because now you're getting, you know, you're getting new information mm-hmm. by through a different sensory process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you do this with beer, too. If you slow yeah, down, do it. it's the same mm-hmm. food. It's the same thing. It's right. all going through the same thing. You want me to slow down on my food, man? Get yeah, out of here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. If you want to enjoy, if you enjoy, you got to breathe through your nose. Man, that's, uh, well, we rush, we rush through life in every yeah, aspect. That's true. Yeah. Right? So we love to eat food. We, lo- we love spices. We, lo- we love it all, but we don't often... And I'm guilty of this, uh, like everybody else. But we often don't slow down enough right, to, to appreciate fully it. dive in. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. so, they, so the, how do you true. change? How do you train your palate? The easiest thing to do: you grocery shop, mm-hmm. yeah. produce aisle, pick up, smell everything. Mm. That will help you hone your palate, mm. refine it, pick up nose. I mean, I mean, now with the pandemic, you know, people might look at you strange. But right. but if you um, but that's the easiest thing you can do on a daily, you know, on a it weekly basis. It trains basis. you to be patient with the, the item. Like, if we're, we're more patient with the drinking and the tasting of the bourbon, you could taste what you said. You taste the vanilla, the cream soda of it all. When yeah. we sip it, like what I used to do before today. That would have been I, a shot. Yeah, and I would never drink this. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't. 
But now I can appreciate it more, and I understand what people say when they're like, ah, oh, I don't mind a nice whiskey or a nice bourbon. But training yourself is smelling it at the grocery store. You have more patience, yep. and you have to have patience when you're tasting good food. and tasting Yeah, and that's funny because I've yeah. seen people, like, I'm not going to lie, only at Whole Foods, People be smelling the uh, people smell smell their fruits and their vegetables yeah. and stuff, and I'm like, weirdo, just get it and get out of my way. And now, and now it makes a little bit more sense. And now I understand. Thank you. So, so look, you just had the apple and the onion right. there, and you right. didn't even know. So, Ron, yeah. how do you how do you uh, appreciate your uh, your whiskeys and bourbon neat on the rocks in the cocktail? Like, how do you prefer? Yeah, I get that question all the time. It it really does depend. I mean, I like right now with it being cooler weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is whiskey sipping weather, mm. neat, right? Right. Um, it also depends on the quality of the whiskey. Okay. So if if I don't, you know, if I don't find I enjoy some aspect of the whiskey, it's got to go in a cocktail. Gotcha. You know, and then I can add things in a cocktail that I know I like. If it works, great. Um, but it is varied, just like just like it would be anything else. And then, and then the other important thing here, if after that second or third sip you find that the alcohol is too high, um, adding a few drops of water to this kind of volume was going to drop that concentration of mm. alcohol down. Mm. And, and it may get it to a place where it's truly palatable for you. Right? So Let's and see it, what and happens. And it can open. So you don't want to pour. I would just say, if I just dri- dri- I, drip a little. Yeah, I would say, so normally in a tasting. You don't think I'm going to be safe in a, trying to use this? You could. Maybe maybe pour some into your water glass and then use your finger to shake off a couple of drops. Oh, also, that not even. Yeah, we're talking he, literally yeah, drops because you were going to put too much in there anyway. So you when think it, that was, that's what he's saying. He knew who you were. <laughs> he said he said put your finger in there and dip it in from your finger. Yeah, but now I don't know where my finger's been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I knew I knew that's where it's going to go. I knew I knew it. <laughs> I listened to enough of podcasts. I know. This great changed the whole flavor of this. <laughs> Don't do it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Shut up. Just, just know, just know, it's not uh, Ron's. So, Ron didn't do it. So, in a tasting, if I was hired to go out and do a tasting, I have these. Um, uh, I should have brought them out, but I have these uh, eyedroppers with um, mm. this water in there, and you're okay. just literally taking a couple drops mm-hmm. and a quarter ounce of, of whiskey to, to lower changes, the concentration. Hey, give it a little swirl, yeah. and, and it will change it. Interesting. Uh, how yep. many proof is this? Uh, is this uh, with bourbon? So this is uh, this is ninety six. Oh, okay. So most of our whiskeys right now, we so we've reached this point in our company where we can bottle and bond our whiskeys, and so that's a that's a huge deal for us. So what a bottled and bond whiskey means is that the whiskey was made uh, at one distillery by one distiller in one season, uh, aged for a minimum four years. And then bottled at 100 proof. Mm. All right. And so why is that an important accolade? It's yeah. because uh, also on the back of the, uh, of the label, you'll find um, our distilled spirits permit number. And so what that gives the consumer is direct proof that we made that product. And in this craft distilling space where a lot of people are purchasing whiskey or vodka or gin or whatever from other makers yeah. and then bottling it under their own label, this is that proof of, you know, full production we here, full it. aging. Right. Yeah, we, we did that here. The, you so can't get this number. That's, that's yeah. right. It's, yeah. a, it's a totally traceable mm-hmm. link to exactly. There's no commingling of somebody else's spirit Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. And so a bit of a badge of honor. And, and it's something that you won't see from the bigger makers. It's, um, you, you won't see it widely. Um, it's just too much of a headache for them to do. Right. Yeah. 
So, so with the water drops. Oh yeah, definitely changed it. Okay, right. I would imagine. I almost can just throw this back. Mm-hmm. Actually, it, it cut I, back on the burn. When people put ice on the rocks, it feel like they be drinking it faster too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, probably probably one of the purposes, right? Kind of the. Yeah, she, slowly. Yeah. But see, it's crazy because I, I drink whiskey. I, I'll drink bourbon and stuff, right? And when I when I drink it, I don't want to put ice in it because it to me it like because you know I'll be talking running my mouth and that ice get the melting and then now it's water on top and right right and but then that, a, but throwing a little finger flick, yeah a finger flick. Now one thing I can say is that um um my uh, cousin's uh, husband gave me these bullets. <laughs> That you put in the freezer. Yeah, they don't melt. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you put it in, it just keeps it cold. No, yeah. doesn't change the the yeah, flavor like of it or anything. And it's like those are like lit. a latex ice cube. It's like yeah. a yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But it keeps it at the. It just keeps it cold. But yeah, also without, without, water without watering it down. It down. Yeah, the temperature temperature can change your palate. Yeah, too. so absolutely. so the water I tried to, for instance, I tried to put this water out early enough so that the temperature would come up a little bit because mm-hmm. I know. Too cold water can shock your palate and, yeah. and make it difficult for you mm-hmm. to taste. Not when it's Jesus tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Magdalene is in that's the bottle. That's the name. Jesus, I, like, I don't yeah. like Jesus tears. I like Joseph's tears. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph was mad that day. Are, that's some good water. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, you okay? Uh, I was just, you look like you was. I was enjoying. trying to move in the yeah, room. You was, you was in the you was in the spirit of the spirit. I was, I was letting it cook my my mouth. But it's, it's could we, uh, we try the chai? Definitely some oh, good. You quality. want to go back to sweet? Yeah, go ahead. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It's out here, in my. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Don't don't be stingy. So <laughs> so this is a different style of chai. Most chais that you know, most well, I don't know what you know, but most <laughs> most people. Associate chai with a black tea, tea so, yeah. so like the okay. organ chai, yeah. you right. know, that Starbucks right. and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is not that. This is so. This is built around a, a red rubus tea, um, and then it's. Um, well, why don't we just taste it, and I'll, t- I'll talk about why I think I've I failed my mark here. <laughs> so. Oh, you don't. You're not proud of it. Yeah, that's the one he said this he had to go tweak. Yeah. yeah oh, from the la- from the that's the, the new one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the original had right. he had the bottle of. But, people, but it sold out though. Yeah, right. no. yeah. <laughs> it sold out. yeah. It's like the people who be like, I ain't putting this song out. This is trash. Yeah, right. And then it get leaked, and it's yeah, their best going, song oh ever. My God, I can't believe this is a hit. Like I hate performing this song. <laughs> I can't believe y'all sold this out. I got to make it better. <laughs> when will the new version come out? It already came out. It sold out. It's, that's the one that sold out. I'm behind. Yeah. <laughs> It's so many different so, courses. So Ooh, it smells good. So the campfire cocoa, the first one you had, mm-hmm. that just that came out Black Friday, okay, and it was gone it's by gone. next week. Wow. Um, the chai came out in September, and it was around two weeks or so, three mm-hmm. weeks, and then in between that we had a, a ginger liqueur for the first time. We've mm. never made it, mm. and um, we'll look to tweak that next year. Cause okay. Well, I'm still. I'm gonna get the untweak one because I'm gonna leave, make sure I leave here with that. I love anything ginger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like ginger too, but I just didn't. Um, it, yeah, it's not. Seems like you're a hard, hard man to please. You be like, you know what? Oh. I could do better. <laughs> I think even when he has something great, you know, right? Like next year is gonna be even right. better. It could watch, be better. Watch me put but my elbow it, in it. But that's how I got into this. So, right. so that first distillery I toured, right? So they were talking about their yields on their mashes from their fermentation, and it just 
there's something in there that the numbers didn't make sense to me. I said, that's really inefficient. They're they're leaving a lot of alcohol Mm. in the system, Mm. right? And so that's where I I thought through my scientific process, know how that we could certainly improve. I didn't know if they were working on it at all all, and didn't even raise the question. Mm. But that's where I saw an efficiency and kind of understanding process. And fortunately, Mike is really good at that as well. Mm. Um, and it just, it works out for us. So I mean, did, when, we, work, when yeah. we first started making whiskey here, we were really, really inefficient. We made mistakes, right? We, we never ran this type of equipment by ourselves until we put it together and turned it on. Huh. Um, we had no, no distilling, you know, no formal distilling right. backgrounds. We, each of us volunteered at different distilleries to kind of hone, hone our, to, to open the door to hone our craft. Yeah. But, I mean, gosh, we've made... 500 gallons of polenta in that mash tun mm. just because the recipe was wrong. And wow. So I am the skinnier of the two of us, and I can fit in that mash tun, so you I scraped that polenta <laughs> off. You got it. So, yeah, I've been inside the still. We made grappa, and that just was a disaster in terms of trying to clean the still after, so I had to get in there and clean that up. Mm. Uh, but you, that's how you learn, right? right? Yeah. They weren't any... Epic failures, uh, right. you know, um, but yeah, we make lots of mistakes, and so we were really inefficient on our yields too at the beginning. And then, then you start to methodically go through that process, and and um, yeah, also talk to other people in the industry mm-hmm. and 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 learn and and make those changes. Now, now these recipes, like for our bourbon and the, our class, our our standard products that are in distribution, it's a formula. It's very much a recipe, and yeah. I can teach anybody to do it. That's so. Does right. this have lemon in it? So what do you think? Does this have some kind it's of... It's spicy does this have lemon in it? No. no, so it's... it's spicy. Like, yeah. I, I, I had a... I feel like it's lemon I mean, in it. I'm warm. I'm warmer, just as warm as I it was with the like lemon in it. But... Mm-hmm. I mean, it tastes like a, a, a chai, chai tea I've had. Tea. It yeah, had it a, I had a chai. It tastes more tea than uh, than those teas. In the uh, the three iterations that you're that you're making, yeah, this oh. tastes more like tea than those do, and it should. Yeah, yeah. It, this definitely does taste like tea. It's, so it's like green, yeah, almost green like tea, almost green yeah. tea. Yeah, yeah. So this one is the the spice note is too forward. From, so that heat is coming from cassia bark, the cinnamon. Ah, so yes, that, and there's yes. and for me, okay. there's there's not enough balance. There are other herbs in there like cardamom. And they just really don't come through. So I made mm-hmm. some changes to the recipe, not, okay. not in terms of weights or measures, but I, I processed the cardamom. I cracked it, essentially, uh, to get it to, to make it, to give us the flavors yeah, that I wanted. Yeah, get the aroma yeah. more. Yeah. yeah so, so you get a little bit more mm-hmm. balance, less cassia bark. Um, it's so weird, think, though. How did you think that? Like, hold, hold on. Because the last year you didn't crack. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to crack it this time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just simple, simple yeah. tweaks. So thinking, so so we're adding cardamom pods, and so my question is, well, Make them maybe I'm not getting cardamom pods because yeah. yeah, because it's not enough time in our mm. in our extraction, right? So you can either extend the time or you can just upset the process mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. And so that was my approach. That's a, that's a beautiful and idea. Yep. To me, that it, it kind of like tastes like a big red, like like big. Like towards the end when you're about to lose the flavor of your big red because <laughs> you've been chewing it, <laughs> so that's what it reminds me of. Out there sitting on my yeah, with the cinnamon. Yeah, so this so this year's a little bit more balanced. There's that it's the same measures and weights that are in there, but um, yeah, because we get the cardamom and um, there's a little bit more balance. Mm. I think overall. So once you tasted uh, the previous one with the new one, you, you were 
pleased oh, yeah. on what you oh, yeah. what you do. Yeah. Okay. Very, and and I see the difference. I don't know if anybody else can. Yeah, and the right. only other place for me to play. And I guess it, at this point, I would like that's it to where be all that, all that matters that he sees the difference because yeah. he's the one that had to tweak. No, I, I think the only real difference is that it's still sold out. I mean, and, right. people, and people still want it. I think it will sell next year. I think that's that's great. So yeah. the only other place for me to play is on the color. I got the flavor right. Now I don't have the color. I would like it so that this, if you've ever had this tea, it's it's not quite this amber, right. but it's, it's a little bit redder. So, yeah, right. And I would like that. I know if I went with the black tea, this would be you know a little darker, but right. I, the black tea would totally change the flavor. Right. So. Um. Because right. I noticed that this one, the ginger, the ginger liqueur almost looks like this kind of, right? Yeah, it's a little lighter, little straw lighter. color. Yeah, yep. Yep. yeah. Yep. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's it's really good. I'll go mix that with. Some I have one. Stuff. I have another question. So, painted staves. Uh, what are we looking at in the future for uh, painted stave? Like, where do we? Where are we going? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> Stability. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good, good start. It, it's, it's, it's really hard to know um, where we're going. Um, we hear with what we do in terms of uh, success isn't necessarily measured by income. Right. right? right. We're, we're certainly profitable this year, profitable last year. We've, mm-hmm. been, we've been almost profitable every year we've opened the door okay. within a few hundred dollars. It's been really tight. We've, we've managed it pretty well. Um, but I'd like to continue to grow that, that profit side because okay. we, we have investors in the company. I'd like to continue to grow, grow that. Um, but um, there's a certain ceiling here, right. uh, income-wise, um, that, that I think we could realize. But we're nowhere near, like, it's a Sunday, it's a Sunday in Smyrna. Mm-hmm. We're not packed like we were last night or the mm-hmm. night before. Right. Yeah. So we, we're, not, we're only open four days a week. Mm-hmm. And we we rarely are stress tested by capacity. Okay. Right. So okay. that's so I'd like to grow that and get us to a place where yeah, I heard the assignment. Yeah. <laughs> bring your bring your asses. <laughs> so I so I'd like to grow that okay. to, to where we have problems in that arena. Okay. I mean, we, you know, we get all those seats outside. We get yeah. an area for music, all that. So mm-hmm. when we are full outside, full inside, you know, then and and consistent basis. Um, then, then we can start to have some other questions. We have um, we had this crazy idea. Uh, again, it, it would require money. So, in the front of the building, there's a, downstairs. There's a basement. Oh, okay. So all the from the old movie theater mm. that this was, all the original air handling equipment mm. is still down in there. It's a pretty big space. Old boiler. Mm-hmm. All that. We think it'd make a pretty cool speakeasy. Okay. Well, so, yeah. uh, yes. Or lounge, yes. you know, we really lounge it up. It'd be dark, yeah. and um, so we think password, there's potential. password yeah. required, and everything. Yeah, all, all that. <laughs> Why yeah. 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 So we. So if Smyrna could support that, you know, if Mike and Ron, whoever else comes along, could 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 support that, then mm-hmm. I think that's nice. A, that's a uh, that would be nice. Man. That's a really cool thing to yeah, do. Yeah, definitely. I like um, speakeasies. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them in Philly. They're they're really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other thing is to. Um, Perhaps, perhaps um, try to find a way to make distribution work um, and reach more customers. And I and I don't know that distribution, the traditional sense of distribution, is the way that we're going to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more excited about the potential for direct to consumer, right. which um, it's funny we didn't talk about. It, but but we've had legislation in every year I don't know, since since I've been in the business to mm-hmm. try to get some. 
some relief on how we can reach our customers. Yeah. And right. so, you know, Delaware is one of three states that doesn't have uh, some some aspect of direct-to-consumer right. shipping, whether yes. it be wine or spirits right. or beer. Right. And we've been trying to get this done uh, for quite some time. And I and I know, because I have customers reach out to me from across the United States, how do I get, I had your gin somewhere, right. how, how do I get right. it, right? right? And if I don't distribute there, then, you know, I can't, I can't yeah. ship it. So um, would love to see that. That that could be a game changer. And I, and I, I say could be. And, and until I had a conversation with a, a fellow distiller, Vanessa Braxton, a couple of weeks ago, um, I wouldn't even thought that I should seriously approach um, direct-to-consumer shipping. Mm. But this is she's allowed to do this in her state, and it's been really lucrative for her. Nice. So, you know, it's taken a while, but, but it's um, – and she has broad distribution – as well, but that direct to consumer, you know, controlling the message, controlling the releases, like like little releases like this or like this to a to a whiskey connoisseur. Right. Um, yeah, this would be gone. It'd be sold out. Now I've, I've sold most of it already, but I know that through direct mailings, yes, right. where right. a distributor wouldn't carry it anyway. Right. Right. Um, yeah, we, right. we could totally right. sell it out. Absolutely. Right. Some nice packaging, you get it delivered to your thing, yeah. and a nice little yeah. whatever right. it is. Right. Yeah, definitely be. Cool. And it's only we're only one of three states. Yeah, what y'all doing down there in Dover? Yeah, come on, man, <laughs> get it together. Get it together. Yeah, it's um, we get a lot of pushback from lobby from labor, and we get a lot of pushback from the retailers here in the state. Um, they, you know, retailers would say, "Well, we already carry your product," and the reality is they don't. They right. don't. Right. Um, so, or, or they say we we would certainly carry your product, and I'm saying, "Well, you know, at a uh, at a hundred and what's it? A send me the PO. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll send right. you the invoice. Right, you know, right. But it's still at a five hundred percent markup. <laughs> right. right, yeah, right. 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 So it's it's one thing, and we hear that all the time. And they and I get it. They have businesses too, for sure. And like most people, they fear a little bit of change, but the reality is, is this is going on all around us, and it hasn't shut down anybody's business. Right, 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 it hasn't right. prevented anybody uh, on the retail side from sending their kids to nice schools. That's or, always or my confusion them. with because with, with they want to uh, keep it. Well, so it's funny because I can go get that two dollar can of beer at the liquor store, but when I go to the uh, the game, it's still fourteen dollars. I'm still yeah, getting right, that same right, beer. Yeah, same beer. So you're still going to buy regardless. Yeah, so if you right. really want it, you're going to buy regardless. Yep, right. yep, that's right. That's yeah. the same beer. Yeah. That's then, why you at the game, like, damn, I don't think I'm gonna buy this. Uh, you gotta talk about talk you're driving, to you're driving the whole way up there. Like, I ain't buying that fourteen dollar can. And no, taking a picture of it. <laughs> and then you got it. Yep. Can. <laughs> hey guys, they had, they had a Bronco on it. Yeah, yeah that's true. In in this sphere, the 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 big boy businesses, the the Brown Foremans, the Jim Beams, the mm-hmm. you know all those those liquors are already in every liquor store. Yeah. Right, and. They're going to continue to be there, and very few people are going to pay the extra charges to have it shipped to their house. Right. So it's so it it just the logic arguments aren't there. Right. But it, but, it, but in the end, it's not a, as I've learned. I think there's it's not about logic. It's about legislators wanting to keep position. Right. And so in the end, it's about money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's about support. True. It's about money. True. So it's not about any of that other stuff. Yeah. So. Those are some ideas of where we, where, what I would like to see in the industry. Okay, uh, that's good. Where we're going to go. Good. Um, good. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Any more questions? I do Ryan? have one more question. All right. Uh, the beautiful artwork, uh, I would like to know, uh, we were talking about it off, off mic earlier, so could you explain uh, the artwork that you have around here and also uh, what it's doing 
for the business and for you guys in general? Yeah, so um, very early on when we looked at this space, so this is, we're sitting just inside of what would have been the old theater, so just inside these columns. Um, and so when we looked at this space, when we were starting to, to finish it, Mike and I came up with this idea of, of featuring local art. So let's make this. Here we go, local. See. So, so this is <laughs> this is our painted stave gallery, and we circulate through local art at least quarterly. Sometimes it's hard to find a new artist mm-hmm. um, that is ready to show. Yeah. Um, yes. But every piece of art on the wall, or every piece of art in here, is uh, for sale to the, to the customers. Um, but where the gallery runs a little differently, instead of keeping a commission for the house, we donate that commission to a local nonprofit. Okay. So, nice. That's awesome. so that local nonprofit is the Delaware Aerospace Education Foundation. Mm. And specifically, we earmark the dollars we donate to them every year to support STEM programming for mm. girls, K oh, through good. 12. Awesome. Nice. So, yes. so girls, and why girls? Um, girls get steered away from right. math, science, yes. engineering, right. technology at an early age. Right. I got two girls and raising two girls yeah. and um, trying to do my part to, to, help, to help change that. Right. So we, so we uh, earmark that money. It goes towards after-school programs uh, throughout the state of Delaware. And um, sometimes I get to go um, participate in, you know, math, science, engineering, mm-hmm. after-school project mm-hmm. with, with awesome. girls. So, so Agilent's involved in that as well. But that's, that's, that's where the money goes. Um, and it's, it's right here in Smyrna. It's a yeah, local, local group. Yeah, that's nice, man. One yeah. of the things that I'm trying to do is try, you, you, so you go to a grocery store when you check out. Right. right? So I'll put this out there to everybody because maybe somebody will make it happen. Um, when you check out, there's always at the bottom they ask you if you want to round up or donate. Right. Who are you rounding up or donating to? Seems like it's no, usually no. like a Red Cross. Like Red Cross, yeah. Or normally. St. Jude's or yeah, something. Same, yeah, so, Saint so a national organization. Right. And, and, and totally worthy. Right. right. I want to change that for my POS system and make it a local. Mm. So if there's a button, mm. so I don't, I, we use a system, it doesn't matter who we use, but we use a system where I can't do that right. easily, right? So I'd have to change my whole POS system yeah. to, to, get a, to, to be able to do that. But, but that mechanism generates billions of dollars yeah. for, right. for, those, right. for, those, for those nonprofits. So, right. if you, so if you could change, if you could create a mechanism to put that capability in the hands of a local small business right. to support their local charity. Right. Imagine how yeah. much passive income right. you could you could generate for that nonprofit. Yeah, that's so you're on to something here. Well, I want somebody else <laughs> to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually I, I floated this idea behind some some pretty some people that can make it happen in different platforms. Right. Not a platform that I work with, um, and hopefully, uh, you know, my conversations, you know, right. and, and asked didn't fall into at least spark the idea. And, yeah, yeah, and maybe somebody. It, I understand somebody at a, the nonprofit needs to do it. Yeah, somebody because yeah. it helped the local nonprofit more than than anything. Right. Yeah. 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 That's 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 a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, right. it's amazing like how much passive income you can generate. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, All right. Any more questions? Well, no, don't point at me, guys. I've been doing good. Right. Well, I've we, been doing good. Well, we want to I'm thank working uh, on myself. Ryan Gomes for coming on the uh, prior yes, podcast. Yes, inviting us to this establishment. This is very nice. Very beautiful here. 
before we wrap up, we all like to know how people can find uh, you and the business um, on Instagram, physically, all that good stuff. How can they find Painted Dave? Yeah, we have a website, uh, forward slash paintedstave.com, and then at Painted Dave for Instagram, Facebook, all that. Um, I didn't wear my Adizis today, but, but next time I'll wear my Adizis. <laughs> I, I got it. Yeah. I, got it. <laughs> I got it. So, <laughs> what's the what's the address to the physical location that we're at here? Uh, it's 106 West Commerce Street, Smyrna. So we're in the old go. Smyrna Theater, mm-hmm. across from the firehouse. So if you're local guys, y'all know where that's at. Yep. And yep. if you're not, <laughs> GPS. put the address in. GPS. <laughs> Trust GPS. Right. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Smyrna is becoming a little destination spot. Yeah. It has a lot of different upcoming businesses around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you definitely could make, a, especially in the beverage industry. I know there's down the street, there's another, uh, there's a brewery down the street. And oh, then yeah. you have Payton's yeah. Dave Hill as well. So you can make a, yeah. a nice day. Of yeah, it. and you might be interesting. So the last four, I think the last four businesses to open here in this town, um, all African American owned. Nice. Two, two restaurants, three restaurants. Um, and then a boutique. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, yeah. See? So, oh, that's why. Smyrna's coming. Yeah. Smyrna's yeah. coming. Um, all right. Uh, Lou, how can they find you? My name's Lou Belgium, guys. I'm on them Instagrams. <laughs> yeah. You can find me on Instagram at I am Y is. Wait, what's it? What? Oh, shit. <laughs> what is your name? <laughs> All this just did too much. Don't edit that. We're not Don't editing that. that. You can find me on Instagram. My I am 302YODA. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can find Bruising Banter Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bruising Banter Podcast. You can even go to www.bruisingbanterpodcast. Uh, check us out. Get the merch if you want. Uh, uh, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can even say, Alexa, play. Bruising and Banner Podcast because we are on, on Amazon Music as well. Pandora and I heard it too. <laughs> what is it? Oh, YouTube too. Smash that like button. Oh, yeah. Facebook. Go to YouTube. Smash that like button. Yes. If you want to follow me, Rob G. Rob, stay bruising. Uh, as always. He, he tried to fight it. He yeah. tried to fight it. He tried to fight it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Until next time, this has been episode 192 of Bruising Banner Podcast. Payton Stave, want to thank uh, Ron again for coming through. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you did. Have a good week, everyone. Until next time. Have a good week, everyone. Peace. Have a good week. Have a good week, everyone. Merry Christmas.